What's up, everybody? Welcome to PSI Love You XOXO, episode 76. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the future class of video games. Blessing, Eddie Oye Jr. Greg, do you know what I did last night? I don't know. I don't know you did. No, no. I, I went to Google Docs, and I put together... Good Lord. Let me also introduce the game plan, <laughs> roller skating, Janet Garcia. Hello, Janet. Hey, I'm excited to hear about this Google document. Oh, my God. I went into Google Are Docs. You- yeah. And I am. I, I together, am so excited. Here's the thing. I'm going to rewind a little bit, right? Because we just got done with E3. Yeah, take we got it back. Explain with, what a Google Doc is to me. So Google Doc, there was this company named Google. They were founded early on in the internet age. Search engine, it was this big sure. deal. People, sure. A lot of people used it. Uh, eventually, they made this thing called Documents where you can go in. It's like Microsoft Word, except it's live and it's on the internet. And so somehow it's better. Uh, but this last week, or a couple weeks ago, this last month, we got E3, right? Where we got a bunch of, a bunch of different video game presentations, a bunch of game announcements. Uh, this guy named Greg. Miller hosted it and a bunch of stuff happened one of the things that happened was somewhere in there I mentioned that there are so many games this year and I got to figure out a way to put it in calendar form I gave a shout out to the GG folks who if you remember GG they're the website that is basically the um uh, I was going to compare them to the film one. I always forget what the film one is called. But they basically have like this thing where you can rate video games. It's so much more than just this. a website. It's an app on your mobile phone where you can go yes. in, make friends, see what they're playing, what you want to yes. play, make lists of your favorite games. Your uh, least Letterbox favorite games. Uh, Letterbox. Yeah, that's what I was going to yeah, say. Yeah, so it's basically the video game version of Letterbox. if you're familiar with Letterbox. And one of the things I mentioned during our E3 streams was, man, it'd be awesome if they had a calendar feature so that I could know all the games that uh, I've set as my one to play for the rest of the year if I could see them on a calendar and see them coming up so what i did last night is i went to google docs and they are working on that by the way they did like respond to me and they're like oh this is a feature working on which i'm very excited for but because they don't have it yet last night went to google docs and i spent an hour <laughs> working on a document that was just all the games that i'm looking forward to for the rest of the rest of 2021 laid out by month made out by release date barrett bring up the asset I said, and here's the thing, right? I said, I, I, I have a starting toward the end of June because we're in June 28th. In a couple sure. of days, we're getting Doki Doki Literature Club Plus, which I'm looking forward to. When you scroll through the doc, the thing that has struck me is that there are so many video game releases that I personally am very excited for. Yeah. And I'm not going to be able to play them all. And it's become a problem. And, I, oh and, and if you guys have the time, you, Wait, scroll uh, back Gre- up. Greg and Janet, I need your guys' Hot help. Hot Wheels Unleashed. Oh, yeah. That game looks dope oh, yeah. as fuck, Greg. It, it looks, looks rad. So Have good. you seen the trailer? No, I haven't. All right. I, hold on. Hold on. I'm just saying that. Yeah, yeah, well, I'm going to pull laid up. out that you're never going to be able to touch or get that you got Hot Wheels Unleashed on there as a can't miss. Oh, yeah. As a, definitely as a can't miss. The thing that's heartbreaking, though, is that, yeah, like there's there's so many games coming out, especially in September and October and towards the end of August, where I'm like, I'm not going to have the time to get to these. Sure. And so, like, if Barry, if you have a chance to bring up the list again, I want to get Greg and Jamie's opinion Hashtag on like building the list. Building the list. I, I need help. I need Here's help. The By the way, this is, Hot Wheels. this is more important than your list. This is Hot Wheels. What is it? Hot Wheels Advanced. What was the it? Hot Wheels Unleashed. Is that multiplayer? Unleashed. I, I believe oh, it's it got to have multiplayer yeah. in there. So, what is it? Is it a car racing game where I'm I'm a Hot Wheels car? Yeah, and you can build yeah. your own tracks. Can I build my own car? I don't know. I think I would assume so. But it's also fun because like the environments are like like 
full like rooms and stuff. So you, yeah, you are yeah, the yeah, size yeah of definitely. Looks yeah. like I'm in like what yeah. a classroom here, some kids room. Yeah, and this is one that I'm gonna play. Maybe a weekend. Maybe for well, a You don't day. need that much time. Like 80 hours into Hot Wheels Unleashed. Like, I think you're kind of overshooting. Yeah. The time. Like, I don't think this <laughs> is... <laughs> he's going this pro, Janet. That's, that's how he's going to leave us. <laughs> it's not going to be the next Knockout City where 40 sure. hours in, I'm like, oh, no, what have I done? I, I, I'm going to play two hours of that and be good with but it. But to be fair, Bless, did we expect mm-hmm. to put so much time into uh, Knockout City knockout before, City. It, before Absolutely it not. Exactly. Leave your, you got to leave your dance card open sometimes, yeah. you know? Something comes in. Yeah. So I can't, afford, right, so I can't afford for that to be nice. I think you can start off by taking out August. the stuff that is just rehashing old stuff. Like, I think Doki Doki Literature Club, like, ha- have you not played that game? Is that why you want to hit no, it No, I played it, but I really love that, that game. And it's, it, you know, Great it has point. time. It's just well, take it out. I don't have the, well, Doki Doki, <laughs> I don't have as much of an issue with because there's nothing out for See, this the is your problem. Out. You are, okay. like, you were like, you can't, you asked us to come in here and to cut stuff down, and now you're pushing back. Well, like, like, I don't need to. Specifically, specifically, end of August, September, and October stop, are the months that you help with. So you're telling me right no. now you don't have a backlog of games you need to play? Oh, I do. I do need to get back so to why, Destiny don't, 2. Why don't worry about Doki yeah, Doki? You're out here but I love Doki Doki. Doki. But here's the thing is, like, it might be fun to see, like, how they translate it to consoles because there's some, like, very specific... He can catch it on Twitch.tv slash kind of funny games when Snowbike Mike mm-hmm. and friends stream it on Friday. All right? Gotta make content. Gotta make Nick play it. And there's new content. And Doki Doki is one of those games that I love so much that... I'd probably be willing to platinum it, depending on what the trophy list looks like. It's one of See, those now games. You're, you're I really, adding even really more like time Doki to Doki. it. Like you're going in the wrong direction. Let's keep scrolling to the list. So I know I you talk about August, but you don't have uh, in August Black Panther War for Wakanda expansion up there. That's weird. Yeah, I don't really, I don't really plan to jump into that one. Twelve minutes. That, would, we already know how long that's going to take. That will be done in half an hour. <laughs> 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 if you're really good at it, no, I have no so, idea. Um, so end of August, right? The problem I run into is. 12 minutes, August 19th, which certainly I might be able to finish by August 24th, depending on how how, how long the game yeah. is. But I get into Kena Bridge of Spirits, August 24th, and then three days later, No More Heroes 3. Sure. And that that's no the 3. start. That's the start of it. That's the start of, of when things start to fuck me, because I don't think I'm going to be able to beat Kena Bridge of Spirits, depending on how long the game is, depending on how much uh, other things I have going on, by the time I get to No More Heroes 3. Did you mm. miss Hades the first time around? No, I, 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 I. That's another one. I played you know? most of Hades. I never finished it. And with cross save, mm. I want to end up finishing it on PlayStation. Wait, do you, so do you mean like you never did a clear, or did you never do like the thing where you have to clear it like seven times to get the true ending? I never did a clear. I got to the ending oh. of stage four. I want to say I got to the boss fight where you're fighting multiple characters. Oh, uh, that's that's the third. That's the third, third one. one where it's like the okay. uh, the, the, the bull looking. Snakes. Yeah. Yeah, so I want to go back and want, I want to finish it on PS5. Fingers so you're, crossed. You're focused too much pro- on, cross on being who you should have been last year or a few years ago. Like, you got to let Hades go. Like, if you get to it, I think that's fine. But I think if you're mm-hmm. looking to slim down, I think Hades is the obvious cut. I think No More Heroes 3, if you need to cut it, I feel like it's fine or even just push it back. Like, and real quick I, to toss in here, Polygon does report, as I, rem- I thought I remember reading this. I wanted to make sure. But yeah, Polygon's reporting from Supergiant that the Xbox and PlayStation versions of Hades won't support PC cross save feature that Nintendo Switch has. <gasps> God damn it. Okay, then I'm going to knock like off Hades off start- the list. I feel like it's worth starting over. Like, I think they'd have some fun trophies and stuff, too. Like, I think that'd be an interesting one. But it's such a long grind that I think that's something that you should well, install and then just not play. Like, Hades is also not. Hades is also in a decent place in terms of timing. Because the only game near that is Skateboard, which is coming out the day before. And I, I don't think I'm going to get hooked on Skateboard. I think Skateboard no, is one of those games so. I'll play when I have the time. And so I might be fine for Hades. 
But you only have a few days before 12 minutes hits. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be fine. I can be really good at Hades. I don't know. Or blessing. I I I slacked you the Doki Doki Literature Club plus trophies. Perfect. I started looking them, but I don't. I know the hook of you know Doki Doki. Like I know yeah. how it starts and where it's gonna it's gonna get crazy. But I don't know. I I'm waiting to play it on console, so I don't want to read through them to spoil anything for myself. But you can give it a gander. You can decide on your own. There do there does seem to be one or two trophies that might be might be a little bit to 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 try to knock out bless. But yeah, I'm looking at it. It's right hard now. to tell if you could do it in one run or not. That's that's the that's the real question. One trophy I'm looking at seems like I might have to do it in two runs. Yeah, but I'm not positive. So Janet, I see you out here doing God's work. All right, and welcome back to the show. Of course, if you missed last episode, Janet, uh, one, uh, now a PS, I love you part timer. She'll, she'll be filling in for me when I go on paternity oh, leave. Oh shit, hey. I missed a lot. Yeah, a lot of lots changed, yes, since you went shirt. to Cleveland. You, you got a shirt now, finally. You can't, you, you can't really see the logo from the angle of the camera. You just see it looks like I'm wearing something that's just incredibly faded, but I'm not. It's a new shirt. I'm excited about it. Uh, kindoffunny.com slash store uh as you i see you out here right you're like marie kondo right now you're trying to get blessing does this game spark joy and he refused he's like he's he's on an episode of hoarders he's not letting go in any of his games right but believe it or not as if we plan the show when we really don't <laughs> i have a question from patreon.com slash kind of funny games where sean childers writes in and says uh when clearing a backlog what is the best me- best method for doing so currently i've decided to go by series beat it then knock out a few one-offs then go to a new series to beat right now i'm working on the yakuza series started with zero mid-may and i'm now on yakuza five janet as you see blessing struggle with your great advice of what games to cut he refuses to do it he wants to play things he's already played what is well, the yeah, best method you're cutting for things excuse me sir we're giving the new we're giving <laughs> the new host the floor blessing all right you've had what 75 episodes to say whatever you wanted to say. Now it's Janet's time. Janet, what's the best method for clearing a backlog? Yes, the the true best method. You heard it here first, and you'll hear it here last because no one will question it. Uh, I I personally like doing the time-based method where you go in in a couple of different ways. One, I would hit up the games that have sequels coming out soon. So for Mm -hmm. me, like when I look at my backlog, I'm like, I'm going to hit up Horizon. I'm going to finally finish that so that I can be ready for when the next one comes out. So I go in priority of that. And then I would maybe look at how long things take to beat. And then I would look at maybe knocking out entire series. If I'm completely like, you know, if you never played, I know I keep bringing up Jack and Dexter. If you never played that, it's like, okay, you can get around to that at any time and just knock those out in succession. And you probably are safe from it being relevant anytime soon. Like there's no indicator that it's going to become relevant. So I always put those off to the end. Like if sure. you, you know, like Uncharted, I think is a good one where it's like, all right, you can just dip into that at any point. Sure, will they do more, you know, spinoffs or more things? Maybe, but those all, also out. stand alone and it's kind of fine. So that's normally how I go about it. Yeah, I think that makes sense, right? I th- I, I think for me, you're right that it's a an imminency thing, right? Uh, I have on my PlayStation or in all of the consoles for that matter, but for PlayStation in particular, it loaded with games that I know are cool. And a lot of times it's hey, I saw this and I want to make sure I get back to it or I remember that it's cool, so I put it on the hard drive. But I will do that thing every six months or so or when I run out of space of, all right, let's go in here. What am I actually going to play? This has been, it's, I, I think it's kind of like stocking a grocery store or a movie theater where it's like there are all these things that are on the list there, but I have not made the time in six months to go play this. And am I actually yep. going to, not to mention that deleting it doesn't mean I'm never going to get back to it, but it does mean that it's not happening anytime imminently, right? And I think, you know, Janet, when you're talking about sequels, that makes a lot of sense because, like, for me, it's the same thing of, like, I had uh, I had gotten Hellblade, uh, or not Hellblade, no, uh, uh, the, the Senua's Sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Hell- Hellblade, yeah. Hellblade's Hellblade, uh, Senua's Sacrifice. Uh, I'm thinking of Heavenly Sword. That's where I got hung up. Sorry. Ninja Theory. 
What? Uh, anyways, uh, so I had Hellblade. Uh, I played it for a little bit, and I was like, I'm going to get back to this. And then uh, Jen had played it and fell in love with it, and I watched her platinum it. And I was like, all right, even though I didn't play this, like I get the gist of this game, I see what's up, and I, I like what I'm seeing. Now with the sequel coming up soon, I know I need to double back, and I want to go through and play Hellblade mm-hmm. and actually platinum it myself. But that's not an imminent thing. That's not something on the PlayStation right now. That's not something I'm super worried about. For yeah. me, it's always about if you're trying to keep up with the conversation of what's happening, have a yep. taste of what's happening, uh, then, yeah, get ready for sequels. And then, yeah, what, uh, what Sean's doing here is having a passion. If you're into something and that's what you want, like I'm such a vibe gamer. I have to be in the vibe for a certain game and it's killed me so many times where I know I, lo- I would love this game on any given on a normal day, but I'm not in that mood right now. And it sucks to try to force it. And I never do that with games. Yeah. That's the thing that screwed me with persona five strikers and uh, the latest near game that came out was I started both of those. And as much as I love both those franchises, I just wasn't in the mood for either of them at the time. Sure. And so I ended up playing other things and I want to go back to both those games because I hear such good things about both those games. But it's the thing of now I'm running out of time. For me, when it comes to backlog, backlog is kind of a seasonal thing for me where I get to them towards the beginning of the year into the spring because there are less games coming out. Like now into the rest of the year, I'm kind of screwed in terms of how I'm going to tackle that. And I'm trying my hardest to like not let certain games that I want to play end up becoming backlog. Like Mass Effect 2 and 3, I still haven't started yet and I want to get through those games. Or I I at least want to start Mass Effect 2. And then also, what was the latest? Final Fantasy 7 Intermission, I want to play as well. Yeah, integrate and the intermissions the DLC integrate, I believe, is the whole package. Yeah, yeah. And that's one that I am uh now that we're starting to get into the thick of it, uh shout out to TikTok. <laughs> now, <laughs> starting, now that we're starting to get into the thick of it, I'm like, okay, I might need to schedule things out. And so last week that's what I did, where mm-hmm. last week was the week of Guilty Gear and Chicory. And now I've beaten Chicory. I'm still in a guilty gear, so I think I'm gonna play a little bit more guilty gear this week. But this week, in terms of single player. I think the thing is going to be Final Fantasy VII Integrated, and then next week I'll, we'll go from there. Maybe that'll be Doki Doki. What's up, Greg? Have you ever thought, and Janet is open to you obviously as well, or have you ever done it where you actually put on the calendar and what you're going to do and limit your options in your free time? Because I often go back to, there was a time where I was I was trying to juggle so much, I felt between video games, uh, shows I wanted to watch, and comics, that then there'd be the paralysis of choice, and like, oh man, I have too many things to go, and I, nothing felt right, because I always thought maybe I want, you know, grass is always greener. And I remember doing it for a couple weeks where I did schedule out, like, tonight's a comic book night, and I put it on Google Calendar and stuff, and it was inspired by Ron Gilbert. Because when Ron Gilbert had come through for an up at noon, I, he, we were at lunch. He's like, oh, yeah, so what are you watching? And I, for, you know, it's years ago now. I listed whatever I was watching. And I'm like, what about you? And he's like, oh, I'm doing this, that. And I'm like, that's eh, a lot of shows. And he's like, well, what I do is, and this is years ago again, is I made a little schedule that I put on the fridge. And I treat all the shows I'm watching via, I might have, you know, whatever Netflix was back when we were talking about it. Uh, I'm doing it as if I, I have my own TV network. So even though I could sit down and I could marathon through Ozark, right? He's like, Ozark is a Tuesday night thing. And I only watch one episode on season. Nine. I was like, that is a crazy amount of self-control, but I kind of dug it. And, I, and then I get to games right now where it's like PlayStation's full. I'm jumping around between a million things. I don't know what I want to play, but sometimes I think about it. I, don't, I haven't yeah. done it, but I think about it. I'll like I do it to a degree. Like yeah. I do it to a degree. Like I actually am finally starting to reuse my Google calendar and try to schedule out like my work and my gaming because I do find myself like, I'll play a lot of games because I stream on Twitch and Twitch has been huge in helping me get disciplined and organized. Like I may not have beaten a lot of games I wanted to beat this year, like a lot of the big marquee games, like I haven't finished them, but I've played at least four hours of every, almost every major release that has come out because I do that every Friday. So I'm like, okay, I know that I'm at least going to spend that amount of time with these games, but then the rest of the time gets kind of murky. So I'm trying to like reorient that. 
Um, for me, I don't like when stuff's too scheduled. It starts to freak me out. I feel like I'm living in a simulation too much, which we might be living in a simulation, but I like to lean against it in case we sure. are. So for me, sometimes I'll just do like a theme day. Like oh, a few years ago, I used to do, um, and this was like not even streaming, just in my own personal life. I do Throwback Thursday, where every Thursday I'd be playing like an old game for my backlog or a retro game to kind of catch up on that end. Um, or I'd have um, days where I would do, back when I was doing like my best, uh, my top 100 games project, where I was playing through like all of IGN's top 100 games to try to see which ones are like good or not as good to me or ones I've missed and like looking at other lists on the internet of people's top 100 and playing through those like I do those on like Tuesday nights so I'd organize it to a degree and I think even though that sounds kind of it's like what what happened to it being like a fun thing well one obviously this is our job and two there's so much that that's really the only the only way to get through it is by being a certain level of organized or just randomly being like you know what tonight I'm I'm just gonna stay up late I'm gonna sleep in tomorrow I'm not going to bed until this game's beaten and sometimes that's the only way I can get through things too yeah i think for me the thing get the thing that gets difficult is that uh i i as well as a vibe i am a vibe based gamer and so much of it for me comes down to the itch like i will get the itch mm, to play mm. knockout city or right now i have the itch to play guilty gear which is why i've been playing guilty gear like crazy and i know this week apex legends is getting its new event where they're bringing back uh skull town which is a fan favorite location uh in king's canyon and i know i'm gonna have the itch to play that and i'm gonna have friends that hit me up to play that and so at any point if i try to make that schedule that schedule is getting thrown out the window yep. immediately because somebody's gonna come through and sidetrack it yeah that's always the struggle right i feel like the the job is what's great about giving you a review and an embargo and like now you have to go and you have to hit that embargo but as yeah. we've seen time and time again on our shows and just anything else where it's like even if we try to give ourselves an embar uh, embargo right like we want to talk about this game this month on this day or whatever inevitably you turn it on, you're like, well, now it feels like homework and I don't need to do this. I want to play this. Should I be talking and playing something I'm passionate about or should I be trying to do this thing for whatever stupid segment we're coming or trying to come up mm -hmm. with? Now, real quick, Bear, I need you to bring up September from my I list. I can't believe we're still on this goddamn list. Oh, man, because I need help. Oh, I need, you, you guys, need help, to, you well, guys no, help okay. me with all the you ones I didn't help. need help with. You need help, but you won't accept the help. But let's look at exactly. the You're helping me with the parts of the year that I don't need help with. I'm going to have enough to time to play again. Hades. It is you know what? September. I can't wait to see you play all these games. Like, you better step oh, I'm going and say, to. oh, I beat all of these. these and there's no I mean, now that <laughs> so, like, you're in to. trouble. Now, yeah, you're definitely Now that there's no cross-progression, I'm not going to play <laughs> Hades on PlayStation. Okay, probably. thank you. But yeah, when you get to No More Heroes 3, because I, which I know you're not going to delay because you love No More Heroes. Yeah. So that's when you get into trouble where it's like, yeah, August 27th and then Riders Republic. Republic, but I feel which like, I also I feel like those delay. are two games that you could probably play at the same time because they're two different vibes, and it's not like Riders Republic. There's like a fucking a story, a story mode or anything. Like, you're gonna get lost yeah, like, yeah, that's like a fun game you pick up for a couple hours and just kind of like vibe out with. So the like, next three are what yeah. get me because Sonic Sonic Colors Ultimate comes out September seventh. That is followed by Life is Strange True Colors September tenth, and then that same day is WarioWare Get It Together. See, again, and that day is going to fuck this me. This is the easiest setup you've put out there. Yeah. Life is Strange, you assume, is what? The same as always, 10 hours? I know they're putting yeah. it all out at once, so I'm assuming it'll still be a 10-hour game like the others were. That's easy. You knock that out, no problem, right? And even with it, there's the episodic break. So you, when you finish a chapter, you move on to the other one. And, Chad, I'm looking at you live. Let me know if I, I – is it five or three this time around? Is it like uh, – uh, In terms of chapters? Yeah. Because all yeah. the Life is Strangers were five, right? And then uh, Tell Me Why was three. So anyway, just let me know if they've announced yeah. that. But this is the first one that's well, maybe I got this wrong. Is this not the first one that's non non episodic? That's all really. It's the one they're all that. dropping at once. I thought it was yeah. still gonna. Be, I thought there'd still be chapters to it. There's still oh, there's still okay. chapters. Like you'll yeah. still feel the breaks, but they won't be released in pieces. So I would I would gotcha. take that and do at minimum about one a day. I yeah. think. 
that, that's, that's the thing where you're, you're talking about you're putting it up with you're worried about WarioWare being on top of it. WarioWare, come that, on. Yeah, I mean, that is are, that is a I'm vibing in bed. It is like yeah, 10, those are micro games. On the I've got our iCarly in the background. Let's play some mini games. That is okay. what WarioWare is, and that's what WarioWare will be for the rest of the year. That is like the best. Like I've, I'm gonna like fall asleep in an hour, uh, and I don't want to get into anything serious. Let's play some WarioWare. So uh, don't See, be too concerned about WarioWare. I think that's a little bit of a struggle there too. Is that that for me is a week period with Life is Strange, WarioWare, and uh, Sonic Colors Ultimate. The next week, it's Deathloop and Rainbow Six Extraction, which Rainbow Six Extraction is another one of those games that I'm going to play as like a secondary game. Two Colors like, is still five chapters. Five chapters, damn. All right. But yeah, uh, I'm going to play that game, Rainbow Six Extraction, whenever the friends hit me up. And I expect that that's going to be a lot because I have friends that love Rainbow Six Siege and I'm really looking forward to Extraction. But then Deathloop as a single player game, that's going to be another one that's what? Ooh. 10 hours well, to you basically hours. so what you have to do here if you scroll back up just like a tiny smidge so i can see the top of it thanks um you'd have to make sure that those first three games with sonic colors life is strange and then what's the one above it like whatever the one above it is uh, mm. right, 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 right. that one's casual so that'll be like sprinkled throughout the month you know for sure the problem is that's that three you have to have all those games not completely done but like at a satisfactory point before the 14th now if you do life is strange every day the 10th the 11th the 12th the 13th the 14th you'll basically that's three four five you'll have all five episodes done the day that death loop comes out so you just got to keep that pacing if you want to finish that warrior is casual and the other one's casual sonic colors ultimate it just depends on what you want to do with that game if you want to beat it i would beat it that weekend if you don't really care i would just spend four plus hours with it and then okay. just call it there that's and a, if that's you a game you won't feel like it Sonic games you can beat in the weekend very easily. And yeah. so that's a good point where I shouldn't be too worried about that one. Uh, October, the thing I run into is Far Cry 6 and Metroid Dread coming out pretty much one day f- from each other. Far Cry uh, 6 comes out October 7th. Metroid Dread comes out October 8th. You have one glorious night with Far Cry 6, and then you move on to Metroid Dread because let's be real. <laughs> you, you'll know what you need to know for like content and conversation for the most part with far cry by like getting a significant taste of the game mechanically sure you won't have the like the you know maybe the, how the story ends or something story. but you'll at least be deep enough in to have a conversation metroid dread i feel like you would want to have that be in like as a priority both in terms of i think it's going to be frankly the more interesting game two i think it'll be shorter um those are the top two reasons why i would prioritize that one over mm-hmm. far cry far cry you'll swing back to after you beat metroid dread so if you want to play far cry just brush the metro dread and then come back see what's interesting is i think it's such a coin flip here where i and it, it, obviously we don't know but with far cry 6 i'm more interested to see how they tackle the story in it and what's going to happen with uh giancarlo esposito right as they go through it and play through and what does he do how does he evolve how do they balance trying to be not more serious but you know admitting that they have politics in their game versus the crazy goofy nature of a far cry game and so i think i wonder if deeper into that i mean because right now i feel like we could talk about the systems and gameplay of far cry 6 right like i feel like it's gonna be yeah, a real we know what that game is gonna be <laughs> but i think in the same breath that's how i feel about metroid dread where it's like that's gonna be a metroid a metroidvania metroid game right yeah. where it's going to be about getting the next weapon about doubling back about finding the new area and i think people want that comfort food right i feel like they're and i don't know is the narrative of Metroid Dread going to be something that pushes people to actually have a you know in depth yeah. conversation? Something tells me, unless Far Cry Six turns out phenomenal, something tells me I'm going to jump into Far Cry Six, play it for five or six hours, be like, okay, this is a Far Cry game, and probably fall off of it because mm-hmm. I know if what a Far really, Cry game is. If you really want to hit both, you could do spend the seventh and the eighth on Far Cry, and the ninth and the tenth on Metroid, and do five hours a piece, and then you probably would be able to <laughs> at least get close to rolling credits on both of them. I've done a lot of like intensive gaming like with like 
having, you know, I taught when I first started like freelance journalism, I was still teaching. So I had to like be very strategic. I'm like, okay, three day weekend. I like rent, yeah. you know, Detroit Become Human. I beat it in a day. I rent this one game. I beat it from Redbox. I returned to the Redbox before going back to teach. And then with guides, like stuff's always about, you know, cranking out as fast as you can with like figuring out, okay, well, what do I need to know to like make mm -hmm. the pages I need to make? So yeah, if you break it up that way, you could do it. In, it'd be okay. an intense four days. You'd have to game for four but to five hours a day. Also, like on the other side here, like if Far Cry Six does kind of like tickle your fancy, as they say, and me me Metroid Dread, like uh, you know, like you're obviously going to be into, and then you got Back for Blood a few days later. Um, mm -hmm. the Dark Pictures yeah, Anthology for things. some reason you have on here. Um, you have oh, no, that to be on there, 100. percent Thank you, you, you for having me on. There. You have nine days in between Back for Blood and Dark Pictures, so you like. You might not even need to like rush through these two before Back You're for right. Blood because then like once Back for Blood comes out, uh, you could have like a good going back and forth between all of them because Back for Blood is you can be a tell fun me better than. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, Back for Blood, uh, Blood will be like the fun, like you're playing with Mike and and like Andy and Greg. Like, yeah, Back uh, for like, Blood, I can save for a stream game. Yeah, that could be the game I play during work hours. Yeah, I feel like yeah, that's the thing with Dark uh, 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 Back for Blood, where it's going to be destination plays. It's not going to be that you wake up, I think, going like, man, I'm putting eight hours in a Back for Blood today. That's yeah. going to be the hey, we're all streaming it. Hey, we want to do this thing. Hey, let's finish the one campaign. Let's go for it. That's yeah. a really really good point. Dark but now wait, so chill. like Janet was saying we can't knock off House of Ashes on your list here? Yeah, so I don't think that game will be good. The last game wasn't good. I don't think Until Dawn was good. Hot take. I know a lot of people love that game. I don't think it was well written. Um, it, it was campy. So you or Until Dawn? Yeah, un until Dawn. Yeah. yeah I did oh, not. How dare you? I mean, how dare you? No, like my story is what it is. But I'm going to step in. I'm in I'm on this. I'm going to declare myself on Janet Garcia's side of like, you don't have to worry about this game blessing. Don't worry about the Dark Pictures anthology. Like, get rid just, of it? Yeah. No, I think you're you should about have your, it. You're back. Or you think you, sh you should? Yes. I think you're just saying yeah. you shouldn't. Like, I just like, see, he I should. like it as a co-op game. I, I actually do plan. Short, I didn't, I didn't finish Little Hope, and I, I want to go back I'm and play I'm looking right Little now. You, on, on Dark oh, Pictures shoot, anthology, Man one. of Medan, you have six of 31 trophies. On Dark Pictures anthology, Little Hope, you have one of 31 trophies. Man of Medan, I did finish. I'm clamoring for a new Dark Pictures anthology. Maybe you should put Little Hope back on. Trophies are a bad barometer. A game you abandoned. I beat Man of Medan. I just didn't get the trophies. Little Hope, I did abandon, but I do plan to go back to it. I forgot about Little Hope. I got to hit that up before this comes out. I look at good things about so deep into Little Hope. You have the trophy right here. Complete the prologue. Wow. You really connected with the characters and the storytelling. Me and Joey started for a first impression. It's very casual. It's very casual. And like, and actually, Tisdale is in the new one. Yes. Actually, Tisdale is in the next one. She is. Like, you got, you got to, you got to play through it. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a, like a crash that you have to stare at, you know? It's like, I don't even like these games, but I need, this is who I am now. I need to play through it. I love these kind of games. I loved Until Dawn. And I just think that Man of Medan didn't live up to that hype. And then Man of Medan being underwhelming didn't get me stoked for little hope i never even bothered turning it on right, so I'm now there's another the one though i'm all in yeah now now there's, there's <laughs> another one i'm similar to you janet where i'm like shit i need to double back and finish little hope or play little hope start it period and then get ready for this one and my hope would be that now that it's the third one into this game little series, little they're hope. gonna have all the yes. yeah i have a little hope for this one <laughs> double back uh that the third one here i'll actually have some of the fixes people want and make it a little bit more uh, on par with until dawn but moving okay. on moving on right like I love Moving that this is now the topic. We have a topic of the show. <laughs> We're 
30 minutes into this fucking podcast. <laughs> I don't know if you know this. PS I Love You XOXO is our PlayStation podcast where me, Blessing, and Janet nerd out about all things PlayStation each and every week. If you like that, you can head to patreon.com slash games and be part of the show. Even when I didn't expect you to be the same way you were going to be part of the show like Sean Childers was. Uh, remember on patreon.com slash games, you can get every episode of PS I Love You XOXO ad-free. You can get it with the post show. You can get it with no ads you can get it where you can watch this live as we record it just like demetrius newell madeline stanley and the lou are all enjoying right now of course if you have no bucks to toss our way on patreon.com slash kind of funny games you can get every episode of ps i love you xoxo free over on youtube.com slash kind of funny games roosterteeth.com and podcast services around the globe each and every tuesday 6 a.m rain or shine unless there's some kind of crazy embargo we need to worry about uh some housekeeping for you on this episode of ps i love you xoxo uh myself blessing andy and mike all faced off in mario golf last week you can catch the archive and the public shaming that followed all on youtube.com slash kind of funny plays that's right i know i'm talking about a nintendo game on this playstation podcast but it's important to point out that we have another youtube channel called youtube.com slash kind of funny plays where all of our twitter which archives go up later. So if you'd like to see Doki Doki on PS5 running, uh, you can check that out Friday afternoon, th- Saturday morning, whenever that archive will go up of what's been happening there. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Donovan Harkness, Omega3, Tyler Ross, Delaney Twinning, Julian the Gluten-Free Gamer, James Hastings, Casey Andrew, and Elliot. Today we're brought to you by Upstart, Credit Karma, and Freshly. But I'll tell you about that after we finish Blessings List. So again, what I'm saying is, PS I Love You XOXO is our fun show where we hang out and talk about PlayStation and video games. I think this is very much in vain. We will get to the topic of the show, what makes a great PlayStation spinoff, but we still need to try to convince Blessing on what to cross off this list, Janet. So far, you can. You've taken nothing. nothing off, right? Yeah, I've well, taken nothing off. Well, that's because you're difficult. List. You're intentionally difficult. You're not wrong. That's true. That's very true. You're not wrong at all. We've given you I the am. advice. We've told you. Also, We've led I you too. But also, you like you, to- you guys have gone, you guys have convinced me more that my list is actually fine, and that I just need to schedule out how I'm going to play these games. Well, you need to account for the fact that for like the things that you can't account for, you have to make space for that. One well, release dates I- changing, two things coming up at like, the very bottom of the list. Barrett, bring the list back up, scroll to the bottom. Oh my gosh, I have a list of games that don't oh have my dates God, in 2021. Yeah, it is. It's, it includes Halo Infinite, Horizon Forbidden West, Unmetal, which is an indie game, a Metal Gear uh, parody, Demon Turf, another very cool-looking game, 3D platformer, BPM, Bullets Per Minute. Uh, it's out on PC already, but it's coming to console this year sometime. Aztec, Forgotten Gods, which I really want to play, Ali Ali World, Road 96, Sifu, which, of course, come on, guys, Sifu, and then Open Roads. These are all games I want to play. And they're coming out. They are slated for 2021 without dates. Yeah, that's that's where it gets stressful. Yeah, man. Yeah. I'm I'm looking yeah, at man. the end of October, and this is going to be uh, interesting. So, like, if you continue to do like the back and forth between Far Cry Six, Metroid Dread, and then Back for Blood, back for when Blood we're, baby, when we're you know playing together on streams and stuff, then you got House of Ashes. I don't know like how long the Dark Pictures uh, See, games are. House of Ashes. I think that's I'm gonna blaze through in one night. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think I'm gonna blaze that in one night. You guys I, I, that I, love, I love playing co-op games with and we're re- we're really good about yeah. doing the long sessions and knocking things out. So that should be fine. And then like the interesting thing is like how long any of us are gonna put into Battlefield twenty forty two. Is that really gonna mm-hmm. pop off? Is that gonna be like uh you know uh, we're playing it with Mike on a Friday stream and we play that weekend and then we like uh just dip the fuck out. But then you got Mar- Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy right before 
Mario Party Superstars. Super Mario, yeah. or Mario Party Superstars, yeah. yeah. Which shouldn't be an issue. Mario yeah. Party Superstars is another one like Back for Blood, which I'm going to play on group stream playing? Yeah, you're going to jump on yeah. a plate. You're yeah. not going to be Yeah, I'm not, I'm not playing that game home. by myself. Yeah, grinding out for five hours. Marvel's Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy is going to be my single player for, for that time. And like, really, like... Why the, is you're, GTA you're, 5 on here? Uh, yeah, oh, hold on. We'll shame him oh, in the... I'm playing no, the we'll, shit out of GTA Online when it comes out. in a second. So you got Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, and like, I would say like, you'd probably want to finish that before Forza Horizon 5. So you got time right yes uh and yes. then like forza horizon 5 i know you got really into uh I three think, and, three and four yeah, i you, love both yeah, so, let's scroll yeah. back up you're talking about guardians of the galaxy october 26th for guardians of the galaxy yeah i mean you're gonna I'm be fine, done I'm with that with weekend that. that's not gonna be yeah it's not gonna be like a long thing it's gonna be like three nights of work three days probably right sure. like yeah. spider-man and I'm then and then out. we get to gta 5 stop playing Grand Theft no. Auto Five. blessing <laughs> no stop it i'm going to calendar is the thing that's the thing what you do well, in your free time when we're not on this call is up to you as long as you're not hurting anybody. But don't that's when the next like, gen version I need to comes organize out. myself and you're tossing GTA 5 out here. That's when the next gen version comes out and I need to try that version. One, because fingers crossed, maybe they'll fix some of the loading stuff and the server issues in that game and make it feel like a modern game again. I mean, it's okay to check out, but like it shouldn't be on the calendar. It shouldn't be on like, the should calendar. should not be carving here's out the thing. like if they do fix those GTA things. 5. If they do fix those things, th- that month is going to be GTA 5 month for me. I'm hopping back in well, deep into GTA Online. This game is eight Who's years old. Let, Let it go. With me. <laughs> it's a really fun game. Let him be, really Barrett. Let him enjoy all things. Right, all right, all right. You know, we can't just stop say, Just uh, make time for then Pokemon Brilliant, Brilliant Diamond, Diamond comes okay? out. Yeah, yeah. Like. Oh, that'll be fine. That's another. That, that's a game that I'll I'll make time for. Like I could be playing I've a never, games. This is you know I do a lot of like Diamond. you know goal setting meetings and stuff with my family. So I've gone through this kind of stuff before. But this is probably the most extreme version of someone asking people for help and then just not taking. <laughs> hey guys, can you help me help. get the games off my list? Sure we can. Blessing. Here's all our advice. Fuck you. Like, I'm not taking any of these games off. No, of. This is an episode of Borders. <laughs> like, did you like? You, you guys help me realize that this list is actually like, solid. I like no, this list like, actually. <laughs> we two wild cards. <laughs> we continuously tell you that this is a bad idea. What's up, Greg? Your October's very hairy. Mm-hmm. And you're of course taking for granted that that's when I'll leave on paternity leave, which means you'll be doing Ooh. even more work around here and you'll be even more tired, which means you're going to bed even early. Yeah. Jen will be here that's too, honestly, but you know, she can't that's help you point. every day. So you're gonna be screwed yeah. there. I'm like and I'm then, just gonna turn off all my notifications and let you figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> and then the number like, one I'm busy thing. Playing you're GTA five for some reason. That's in November. Greg will be back by then. I might take that week <laughs> off, honestly, just to play GTA online. Then who's no. running the games daily? It can't just yeah. be Kevin every day. <laughs> oh, Kevin would be good. He listens to the show. He knows how to talk about video games. And then like the, the other thing is I love you that week is it's gonna be Janet talking about Jack and Dexter. <laughs> We can yeah, bring on. It's the 20th anniversary this year. Uh, Barrett, you'll be third, on. So. Jesus Christ. Barrett and Janet can hold it down. The other thing you're forgetting, blessing Eddie Oye mm-hmm. Jr., is the fact that you might have a new Ghost of Tsushima expansion to play oh. right there. Oh. Not even on your list, not even on your coming in 2021. We're going to talk about this right after this word from our sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Upstart. When it comes to paying off debt, it can often feel like an uphill battle. High interest rates resulting in minimum monthly payments keeps you in an endless cycle of debt. Upstart can help get you ahead. Whether it's paying off credit cards, consolidating high interest debt, or funding personal expenses, over half a million people have used Upstart to get a simple fixed monthly payment. Unlike other lenders, Upstart looks at more than just your credit score, like your income and employment history. This means they can offer you smarter rates with trusted partners. 
With a five minute online rate check, you can see your rate upfront for loans between $1,000 and $50,000. I've talked about it a million times, you know, but Upstart would have helped me when I moved to SF. Had to take out a personal loan a long, long time ago, and they did not look at my employment or history. I got a bad rate. This would have been beneficial for me. Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com slash kinda funny. That's all one word. That's upstart.com slash kinda funny. Don't forget to use our URL to let them know we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit, income, and certain other information provided in your loan application. Go to upstart.com slash kinda funny. Our next sponsor is Credit Karma. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions, and now they want to help even more. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. When you use your Credit Karma Money debit card, you can win daily Instant Karma purchase reimbursements on items of up to $5,000. Credit Karma Money has already given away over $3 million in Instant Karma to over 50,000 Credit Karma members and counting. Right now, visit creditkarma.com slash winmoney to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com slash win money to sign up for free and start winning instant karma. That's creditkarma.com slash win money. Instant karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated, member FDIC, maximum balance and transfer limits apply. And our final sponsor of the day, ladies and gentlemen, why it's freshly, we're all trying to get in shape and eat right freshly can help their delicious meals are designed by nutritionists and cooked by chefs making it easier to eat better freshly offers chef made nutrient packed delicious meals delivered fresh to your door no cooking required grocery shopping and cooking can be a pain especially right now and with freshly you don't have to your meals arrive cooked and fresh every week so you can keep your fridge stocked and skip the trip to the store Ordering is easy. Visit Freshly.com and choose from over 30 delicious, satisfying, better-for-you meals like steak, peppercorn, sausage, baked penne, or their chicken pesto bowl. Uh, real quick, uh, I bought this for my father. Uh, his birthday came around, and he works uh, on a construction site and comes home, and the last thing I think he wants to do is cook and get into all that stuff. So I bought him a Freshly subscription. Every week, I pick the meals he gets. He gets a box of six delicious meals delivered to his door. Right now, Freshly is offering our listeners $40 off your first two orders when you go to Freshly.com slash Kinda. Stop stressing about dinner. Go to Freshly.com slash Kinda for $40 off your first two orders. That's Freshly.com slash Kinda for $40 off your first two orders. Okay, it's time for Tots. Topic of the show, everybody. Tots, 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 Tots. I can't believe Blessing. we have an ad before the topic of the show. <laughs> hey, man, let's get it out of the way. Now we can just do whatever we want. We can talk about all sorts of fucked up shit. You know what I mean? Nobody over there is watching anymore. They don't know what's happening. Uh... You, we put this in originally as, of course, one of the uh, PlayStation updates for you. Of course, the latest, greatest news about PlayStation. But it's been elevated to topic of the show, all right? But it won't be just about it, but stick with me, all right? We're going to start over at Eric Kane. He is talking on Forbes about Ghost of Tsushima single-player DLC leaked. Here's what we know so far. According to new leaks, a Ghost of Tsushima a standalone expansion is headed to PlayStation 5 and PlayStation 4. Ghost of Ikishima would be roughly the size of Spider-Man Miles Morales and is set for a 2021 release. Note, this is anything but official. Sony and Sucker Punch may very well have a new DLC slated for release this year for 2020's best game. Sorry, Last of Us Part 2. But it could also be nothing, just a rumor or bad intel. The leak comes by way of XboxEra.com founder uh, Shapeshaw Nick on Twitter, who wrote, Ghosts of Ikishima, an, ex- an 
expand the loan type game aiming for 2021 not sure how so many seem to find out so quick apparently nick has some accurate leaks in the past uh but even so take this with a grain of salt uh this broke last week damon and i talked about an episode of kind of funny games daily uh we us three from the ps i love you xoxo family have not janet garcia do you believe this Oh, I'm going to I'm going to lean on no, just because one, mm-hmm. I don't want to live in a world that has expand alone as a phrase. Two, <laughs> two, it just seems like a really like I think if this is true, it's true in a very different way than we're currently hearing it, because I would just be really surprised if there'd be an expansion that's that massive, especially compared to like the size of the game, which Ghost, Ghost is a sizable game for sure. But it just seems sure. like it's not quite sizable enough to have an expansion that's that big. Because I think we forget how like lengthy Miles actually is. Like as much as that wasn't, you know, a full length situation, it, it was still pretty meaty and took a while and they had a lot of side content. So it's hard to imagine them doing that. But at the same time, like I wasn't expecting there to be an Outer Worlds 2 talked about that close to the DLC and mm-hmm. that got announced. So I don't know. I feel like anything is possible. But if I had to bet, I would say no. Blessing at EOA Jr. Is this real? I'm uh, in some form, probably like I the Spider-Man Miles Morales coming out super quickly. And when I say super quickly, right, that was from 2018 to end of 2020. You know, that was a bit that was a bit of a surprise. But even that had what, like, that's the right timing, right? I got that right. You're right. Sorry. Pandemic year makes everything feel so weird. Yeah. Make everything feel time's a flat circle. But even that had a, a couple years there to get developed and come out and all that stuff a year later for an expand alone ghost Shima game to come out i i would find to be shocking and really quick that said they did put out ghost of Shima legends a few months after ghost of Shima, and that was expansive that was a lot of content and so like who knows the sucker punch is up to over there you know like the legends was being developed during the same time they were developing the game and if they've been working on this since then I guess I could believe it because they're probably just working off the bones of the original Ghost of Shima. And with them, maybe they have a streamlined process where they know how to make a map. They're using the same mechanics, it's new character maybe. Um, but yeah, I, with with how, how good they are at making or how good Le- Ghost of Shima Legends was coming off of Ghost of Shima proper, I would not expect it. I think this is a very big possibility. It's such an interesting rumor. When we read about it on Thursday, we talked from uh, uh, Francesco. uh, No, no, that's not even. Yeah, Francesco uh, Di Mayo over at CCF, uh, WCCF, who was talking about everything we just talked about, but then was saying the leaker hasn't mentioned any platform, but it's likely to be cross-gen release, which is not surprising considering the main game launched on PlayStation 4. Reset Era Forums member uh, Catharsis T also added it's going to be a single-player expansion. Uh, As Sony doesn't have many games planned for the final few months of this year, releasing a Ghost of Tsushima standalone expansion would make tons of sense, also considering the success of last year's Miles Morales. And then right now, a lot of people are pointing out uh, in chat how much smaller uh, Ikishima is than Tsushima in terms of what the actual island is and if that would be you know if you're going to use that it's a smaller experience yada 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 I get so caught up in this one because it's that thing of I want to believe this but a year seems so quick of a turnaround like I to mean, see that, that, Uncharted Lost Legacy was 2017 right and that was I think a year and a couple months after yeah. So there's a precedent there in PlayStation Studios to have this. But like, okay, like, sure, there's so. a precedent. But like, think about it. You're talking about Ghost of Tsushima, Legends, and then this, all mm-hmm. within a year, all within a pandemic year, right? Like, and I guess 
it'd be arguable if it would be in a year because it would have to be this summer, right, for it to be the exact year anniversary of Ghost of Tsushima. Of course, yeah. Ghost of Tsushima was delayed, uh, number one, by what it seemed to be The Last of Us, then by the pandemic. So maybe they've been working on it a lot longer than it would really see. I love the idea. I think it would be incredible. I just feel like in a year where everything's getting delayed, we're seeing the ramifications of having to pivot to work from home, seeing the ramifications from COVID, seeing everything else happen. It'd be crazy to have Sucker Bush be like, yeah, no, I understand that, but we uh, have made a single player expansion on the on par with Miles Morales. Like, I would fucking adore that. I just don't know if I can believe it. I don't know if I'll let my heart believe it. This strikes me as a perfect world kind of thing where if everything was good, if Ghost of Tsushima originally came out in the spring, and you know, if there wasn't a pandemic and all this, all these other factors that. Oh, yeah, we have a fall that's free. God of War Ragnarok was never going to hit fall 2021. You know, how do we how do we fill it in a way that's exciting when we have something like Horizon, which may come 2021 as well? Cool. Let's put out an, an expand alone. That is a weird, weird world. Uh, an expand alone Ghost of Shima game to go out to come out alongside Horizon and Kina and all these things to really make this fall feel like a banger first fall for the PS5. I think there's something there. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if maybe internally it got delayed until next year because they weren't able to hit the hit the exact date. I want to believe, Janet. You've nothing stopping you from believing except for yourself and also logic, but just put those but again, like aside. you know, we're talking about the topic of the show is PlayStation uh, uh spin-offs here, right? And it's that thing where you know uh Sucker Punch is no stranger to this, right? Infamous 2 Festival of Blood launched October 25th, 2011 here in the United States after the June 7th, 2011 release date of Infamous 2. So it's like they know how to turn these things, they know how to make smaller experiences, they know how to do, they know how to make expand alone, which yeah. I never heard until this article we've read and now has been shoved into our lexicon. And it would I be really such a good idea too. I think it'd be a great idea. People really liked Miles Morales. People really liked Uncharted Lost Legacy. The What they've established with the... I don't want to call them expand alone. What they established with the smaller spinoff titles it's is that... They, God damn it. Is that they they work. You know, they're yeah. you're able to get them out there, uh, m- making the game a bit quicker. And people like them. You know, people are satisfied with them. People have an understanding of what they are. And you can price them in a way that get around the whole $70 conversation. You know, like... We talk all about how value is becoming more and more of a thing, especially this generation as the, God, I don't want to say the words, but I'm going to say the words. As you have the competition having things like Xbox Game Pass, and then you have on the PlayStation side. What's the time on that one? It looks like we got about 45 minutes into the episode with ads. Hey, that's a record. That's a record. (laughs) That's a new record. Uh, But yeah, you have games going up to $70, especially PlayStation first party games. That brings up the conversation of, games are really expensive and it's hard for people to get in and it's hard for people to especially coming off of last generation where it was sixty dollars being able to jump in at a higher price point is it's it's an issue right it's a thing and so being able to release games that are fifty dollars or forty dollars especially games that have the quality of something like spider-man or ghost of tsushima but may just be a shorter game i it works i think there's something awesome there and i think it's a good strategy to adapt I think it's also an enticing entry point to the franchise. Like this is still sort of, you know, PlayStation has their staples, but they also like slowly over time add to those staples. And now we have franchises that we like didn't have, you know, in previous generations that are now like staples within the PlayStation community. I think Ghost definitely could be there, but there are people that haven't played that first game and having an expand alone. I hate it so much. Having expand alone that is shorter and at a lower price point would be a really appealing entry point because it's less risk, both in terms of money and also in terms of time. Uh, And having it be a PS5 map of it. 
if you want to look at it, uh, you can see uh, Tsushima there, of course, the actual island from the, from the game. The actual island the game's based on. And then uh, much smaller off to its, uh, what, southeast here is Ikishima, another mm-hmm. island that is, I would say, you know, being generous as I look off of this thing, this map of Tsushima based on the game I played. Uh, what, it's barely, the fir- you know, half of the first half. I bet it would, they'd probably expand it a bit to make it as yeah. big as that first section you're in in Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, you can have a thing running around there and doing it, known for its white sand beaches, it seems. Laid back island with white sand beaches, grottos, onsen, a dolphin park, and unique rock formations. That's what I got yeah. to say about Iki Island. Can't wait. I mean, and I would imagine that to be if 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 I was working on this Ghost of Tsushima uh, spinoff, smaller spinoff, I would make it yeah a little bit bigger so that it is around the same uh, size as that first part of Ghost of Tsushima. Maybe even like a tiny bit bigger than that if we want to get mm-hmm. crazy, and then also have it be a cool instead of like expanding out the island the whole island is available and it is about that uh, a story thread that's let's say as long as. 2x of the first Tsushima game, but it is more focused on maybe getting to know the island or a specific struggle going on on that island. We can milk it a little bit uh, in terms of what the content is there and have there have there be the uh, character storylines that you had from the first Ghost of Tsushima, but more focused on things that are going on that island. I think there's a lot you can do there that would work. And having it be a, a PS5 title, since Ghost of Tsushima doesn't have a PS5 specific version, you know, I think that gives people an entry point if you have a PS5 and you're like, For I want to sure. play Ghost of Tsushima that is a PS5 specific Ghost of Tsushima that'll also come out on PS4, but gives me gives me a good feeling as a PS5 owner to buy a yeah, game. Yeah, you have the PS5 load times, the right? You have the amazing graphics. I mean, yeah, Ghost was Ray gorgeous Tracing. on PlayStation 4 Pro, right? I can only imagine. I know it's been, you know, it's you can play on PlayStation 5 with a few uh, bells and whistles, but to have a quote-unquote native version for PlayStation 5 and what that would look like, I can only, only yeah. imagine. I think uh, there's a lot of reasons. This leads to the question, of course, uh, what makes a great PlayStation spinoff? Obviously, uh, PlayStation as a brand, no stranger to them. Uh, off the top of your head, I wrote down Uncharted Lost Legacy, Spider-Man Miles Morales, Secret Agent Clank, infam- Infamous Festival of Blood, Infamous First Light, and of course, Daxter. Uh, I know Janet is no uh, 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 what, no stranger to the Daxter right there. Right There it is. There it is. Look at that. This is actually, I think there. this might be my original copy that I bought as a kid, actually. This yeah. is like one of the few things that I didn't end up selling out of being dumb and thinking, I don't want to play old games ever again. This sure. will be my job. It just meant uh, too but much yeah. to you. Uh-huh. Absolutely. So, Janet, the question I'll start with you then is, what makes a great PlayStation spinoff? I think it has to have um, some of the mechanical DNA of what the mainline franchise offers. Mm-hmm. So, like, if we're thinking of, you know, using Dexter as a jumping off point, probably one of my favorites of the spinoffs that I've played, um, it has, you know, platforming and it has weapons like it's not exactly a gun but it's you know you have like the fl- the fly swatter and everything like that so you have ways to like have combat going on but the traversal is very similar to what you would do as jack but it also has like something unique so like it does have dexter's nimbleness and obviously his stature so he's fighting different types of enemies based on the fact that he's you know a different character um and it still has like the same environmental like set dressing i think one interesting thing about dexter too that's really incredible is that well, one, it still feels like it's in line with the franchise, even though it's made by Ready at Dawn. And then two, it feels purposeful. Like, I don't, mm-hmm. you know, I don't really know the, how the planning went into this because I wasn't, you know, there behind the scenes. But it's such a fun idea to have, oh, this is what Daxter was doing during those. I think it's two years before he found, you know, Jack uh, in between Jack one and Jack two. That's how it works narratively. So it's like, oh, that's such a great enticing idea because now I can see, I can play through what was alluded to and it feels like so smart and planned ahead. I don't know how planned ahead it actually was in reality, 
but it was like, okay, this is a story that I am already inherently intrigued by because this is what set off a game that I already played and liked and loved. So, um, yeah, I think that's really what made it a powerful tie-in. I think also, too, it wasn't afraid to lean into its own personality. Again, it's Daxter, and Daxter is sort of goofy. He has this personality of being, like, the true hero. Like, he tries to take a lot of credit for Jack's things, and they leaned into that with having, you know, goofy stuff like, boy, for the game if you haven't played it, but they have, like, a section that you're basically, like, in the Matrix and it's like, you know, riffing on that. And it's like this idea of playing up his hero fantasies. So it really leans into like who this character is, but in a world that's familiar. Uh, and it just hits the nail on the head on all those all those pieces. And I think that's what made it a great game and a great spinoff game. Andy Reynolds agrees with you. He writes into patreon.com slash kind of funny games like so many of you did when I asked this morning, if you could please write in to tell me what makes a great PlayStation spinoff. Andy says a standalone story that is both loosely collected to the original game. And I think he means connected to the original game and helps set up a sequel. For me, more games like Miles Morales are perfect to fill the gaps between the PlayStation lineup. I uh, hope there aren't too many of these, though. We don't need We don't need we do need the bigger, longer epic releases. And so that's exactly what Daxter did, right? Daxter was the, exactly as you said, Janet, hey, there's Jack 1 and there's Jack 2, and the, you pick up the story, what's going on? Uh, I enjoy when a developer sits down with uh, their world or somebody else's and is like, hey, we loved it. We love the mainline story. We want to do something different, but we want it to be connected to that. How do you do that? What do you make it look like? And I think Steve uh, Bellegard wrote in really with an interesting way of putting it. For me, it's all about being in the same ballpark as the mainline series, but playing with a different set of rules. Spinoffs are a great opportunity to experiment with new gameplay and story elements on a smaller scale. Lost Legacy did this by expanding on the open world elements of Madagascar's level in Uncharted 4. It also expanded on Chloe and explained the story of Nadine, a character who'd only seen in a villain slash anti-hero role. And again, for Daxter... It's the same idea there too, right? Same ballpark, same story of what's going on in terms of the Jack and Daxter world, but different rules, different characters, different weapons. And then, yeah, as we see Uncharted Lost Legacy here from Barrett, killing it on the B-roll as always, it was the same idea there is that these games come with different expectations when you're not having to deal with something as storied as Uncharted, as storied as Jack and Daxter. Blessing, does that ring true to you? Yeah, first of all, can we uh, call B-roll for now on? Can the B stand for Barrett? Because I think that will be very fitting. Yeah, the Barrett roll. Uh, do a Barrett roll. <laughs> do a Barrett roll. Yeah, but I'm I'm right there with you, especially in the in the example of Uncharted Lost Legacy. You know, I think out of all the spinoffs you named, Uncharted Lost Uncharted Lost Legacy is probably my favorite one. And the things that Uncharted Lost Legacy did right for me were the fact that it took it took a lot of established elements of uh, all the Uncharted games prior and freshened them up and contextualized them in a way that they didn't fit alongside that tried narrative that we've gotten over and over and over again with nathan drake cool nathan drake is an explorer cool he goes and finds a treasure he has a relationship issue with elena maybe and i i feel like there's a certain formula there that you go that you, you go down uh in a loop with uncharted and uncharted uncharted lost legacy for me was the game that felt freshest after a sure. while with uncharted where not only did it have the wonderful mechanics from uncharted 4 that i felt like mechanically was the best uncharted game but also you have a different main character you have a different uh, uh vibe for a, for a villain you have uh, this new setting and you're you're framing this story around uh chloe and around her heritage as a character and what that means to the treasure and the way that they connect the treasure back to the character i thought was super well done and for me made for an Uncharted game that felt different and fresh, even though it had all the Uncharted staples into it, even though it had all the the big set pieces with destruction, even though it had the climbing, even though it had all those same things, Uncharted Lost Legacy still felt super fresh for me to play, and I really loved it because of that. And so I think 
being able to make a game that uh, takes advantage of not having to fit within that framework of the established series makes the spinoff really good. Yeah. And I think that's the power of it, right? Like, just like we were talking about with saying ballpark, different rules of the fact that it's an uncharted spinoff. You know what that kind of means, but you also know that you don't need to worry about exactly what you're saying when it's Nate and Elena, when it's Nate and Sully, what you, the moments you're going to pop for, you can then pop for in the, in uncharted, uh, lost legacy because it's unexpected, right? It's, it is something different out there. And I think, uh, you know, something you talked about in there is, you know, capitalizing on the uncharted four engine that was so good, the gameplay mechanics that were so good. And I think that's part of, what I want out of a great PlayStation spinoff, right? Is the fact that for me, it's about refinement. It's about you put out this game that is beloved enough that it deserves, you know, a a double dip on the world, a reason to jump back in there. That means that you can't miss with it. That means that it has to, you, we, you already know what the base gameplay is. You already know what people like to do in your world, but you also know what they don't like to do in your world. And I think you have to go through and trim that experience down. And I, th- I really like how Jake Bakes Cakes wrote in about it to patreon.com slash kind of funny games, just like you can, and says, a great PlayStation spinoff game is a few things. It's concise. This is different than short. They cut all the fat, including only the best and most necessary parts of their original game. Miles Morales' 2018 Spider-Man cut to its most necessary elements. Its story and gameplay has zero buffer, and that's what I love about it. They not only refine and try to perfect the original formula, but they experiment with it. I don't think the current spin-off games are great examples of taking much risk, but Miles Morales adds inventive gameplay elements with the electric powers. They take, uh, they take the world you enjoy and introduce a new side of it. Both Lost Legacy and Miles Morales take take side characters and gave them time and character development they deserve. And I echo everything he just said, uh, Jake, about uh, Miles Morales, a game I adored that I had so much fun with and that I do think is better than Spider-Man 2018. Right? I got the year right? You know how bad Yeah, 2018. (laughs) I'm so used to saying God of War 2018. It's rare I have to say Spider-Man 2018. Uh, 2018 was a banger year. Hell yeah, it was. I think, and I and I adore Spider Man as well, but I think Miles Morales just did everything better. I think it, it, it and saying it's concise and that's different than short is such a great way to do it. And it's what I've talked about so many times with Spider Man, where I'm like, I after this, I don't know if I need, and I'll gladly take it, a Spider Man two. I'd kind of prefer if it was. Guess what? Every two years, Insomniac's dropping us basically a quote unquote new issue of their Spider Man universe. That is a nine hour story and you know, all this you know side stuff to go do if you want to get the platinum or whatever, because they want to tell shorter stories faster. And again, I guess concise stories faster. I love that. And I did love the experimentation and I did love playing through that and seeing how they refined their cinematography, the way they refined, uh, you know, the odd jobs to find around the way with the app or whatever, to make it seamless. So you weren't just swinging around trying to find stuff. Like I know there's plenty of other things people didn't like about miles Morales, but for me, it was the perfect spinoff in terms of taking what already worked and making it even better somehow. I yeah, think for I think, me, a God blessing. Well, I was gonna say quickly, like I think the thing that I liked about Miles Morales the most is the the experimentation, which we talked about a little bit. You know, the fact that they did the app thing for side quests and how well that worked and how streamlined that was, and them using the PS5 so you can go into the cards and actually kind of fast travel to the side quests, things like that. I, I felt really uh, refined it and made it concise, right? And I think for me, at the same time, the thing that I don't necessarily uh, love about the spinoffs every now and then for a PlayStation is that they can be kind of short. They can be kind of, and I guess short can be good and bad, right? Because I'm fine with games not being super long. But for me, the thing that I wanted more out of Miles Morales was time for the story and the characters to, to breathe and live a bit and for it not to feel 
as rushed as some points in the Spider-Man Miles Morales story could feel. And so I think it's it's your classic good, like if they just stopped fighting and talked, they could solve this. Yeah, like if everybody could just slow down and talk to each other, this story would go so more so much quicker. Um, but that is that that is a thing that I think can be done well, right? I like the I like the shorter length in terms of a hey, we can tell a story quicker and we don't need a game to be super long. But I think it is the double-edged sword of you know, making sure that your game still does have time to breathe and your characters do have moments and you're able to tell that story that you want to tell within that limited amount of time that you're giving yourself. Yeah, I have the same, like, feedback narratively uh, for Miles. I think it it was almost, like, concise, not short, but I think I would actually characterize it as short. I felt like we jumped from, okay, this is ramping up to now it's revealed to now it's concluded. I didn't feel like it had time to breathe. Um, I do think mechanically it is better than Spider-Man 2018, if we're calling it that now. Um, <laughs> but it, I think the issue too with this as like a spinoff for me is it sort of sets the precedent that there's like actual Spider-Man and then like these spinoff Spider-Man characters. And I think as you know, a lot of people are big fans of Miles and I think having him sort of relegated to like a side story is a little bit uh, disappointing, I think, for people who are fans of that mm. character and wanting to see that fully fleshed out. Because I think it does sort of inadvertently cement Miles as a side character to um, what is the core Spider-Man story. And I, I think it'd be more interesting to have all of those like games be longer installments. I do like the idea of maybe just shifting completely from here on now. We're just going to go to different like people who are Spider-Man and just carrying that torch and doing these different adventures. Um, but I think as far as a spinoff, my other big critique of Miles is it's not different enough to be a spinoff, I don't think, because it just it's still so much iterating and polishing what is part of the mainline franchise that when like I saw it listed on here, I was like, oh, yeah, I guess that kind of is a spinoff because it's shorter and it is kind of like it's not Spider-Man 2. And they were very yeah. clear in that. So like it made sense in hindsight when I started thinking about it. But I think the reason that I hesitate to even think of it like that is because it's so narratively and stylistically the same game less of it and i think well, I that's two why major things to jump off i want to jump in right away on this m m most recent one then do you apply the same logic to uncharted lost legacy i don't because i think uncharted was very much positioned as one nathan drake story and two there was so much more content there we had four of them and then they're like now nah, we're done for real and then they're like now nah, we're doing a side thing so i think that was a lot more clear cut than like we just started with spider-man in the modern era and now we're like on the side thing that's kind of the same but kind of different but kind of not yeah okay I, i'll give you the numbers there at the end all right that they had we already had four uncharted i'll give you that part I mean, the other part doesn't fly but okay and then my other thing was going to be though um percent, I'll I, take it. no i understand the lens you're applying to miles getting his own spinoff game or whatever you want to call it, but shorter experience is what i'm calling spinoff here um and you know I, I, and then does that make him feel like he's second tier Spider-Man? My counter argument actually comes in from uh, a response that Anthony put in patreon.com slash kind of funny games says, Hey guys, I hope you're having a lovely day. What makes a great PlayStation spinoff is when they continually develop side characters. We like in the original game. It has a nice familiar familiarity to what we loved about the base game while also giving characters time to shine on their own. Lastly, adding in some unique gameplay to the side character will always be a bonus to change up the gameplay and add something special to the character you're being played. For me, that's why I love Miles Morales Spider-Man uh, as a game and, and giving Miles this moment to shine. Whereas if I think it was Spider-Man 2 and it was Miles' story, I think there'd be blowback from people being like, well, Spider-Man 1 wasn't Miles' story. Why are they dropping this in here? I want to know what's happening, Peter. I want to know what's going on, blah, 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 blah. I think almost Miles Morales is that Trojan horse of 
fine. It's his own thing. It's not numbered. It is the spinoff game that we're giving you to do it. And then by the end of it, I think you have played enough of Miles, hopefully connected enough with his story and his family and feel this renewed sense of not only what the MCU is for Insomniac, but of, oh my God, I really get Miles. And for me, it's a perfect parallel to what's happening with the Disney Plus show on MCU, where I think if if we would have ended Endgame, Anthony Mackie picks up the shield and says, thank you. And then the next time we see him, he's in the full Captain America outfit. He's out there throwing the shield. I think a lot of people would bristle and be like, oh, but he's not really Captain America. Whereas I think Falcon and Winter Soldier did such a great job of, hey, that guy who doesn't run as fast as Steve, but is always there helping him out. Here's his family and here's his journey. And here's how he feels about everything that's going on in his life to then get him by the end to pick up the shield and wear the suit, right? It, it felt like a moment. And I feel like, Spider-Man Miles Morales, and this is you know my own personal belief on what Spider-Man 2 is going to be, is building to that when we get Spider-Man 2, and yes, we play as Peter, but eventually we switch off as Miles, whether it's clear-cut or it's back and forth. You're not going, oh, I don't want to be Miles. You're like, I, I think they want it to be like, oh, man, fuck Miles. That's great. He only, he's, he's years older, and this is what's happening, and what's going on with his mom, and what's going on with uh, Genki? This is cool, blah, 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 blah. I think that's why they did it that way, and I thought it was a smart way to do it. Yeah, that's my expectation, and that's what I hope because I, I like I'm I feel where Jan is coming from in terms of a all right. So what makes Spider Man Morales a spinoff? Like, what is the spinoff aspect of it? And for what it is, right? Like Spider Man one or Spider Man twenty eighteen, the 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 thing that makes that a mainline game right now is that it's Peter Parker's story and that it's longer. And the thing that makes Miles Morales a spinoff is that it's Miles Morales' story and it's shorter. And <laughs> I can understand I can understand how people see that and they're like. All right, so Miles Morales is just for the spinoff games. That kind of sucks that he's not—he's not like the main star. That he's not in the main uh, one of the main roles here. But I do think it is going to build up to what Greg's talking about, where in a in a game or two, Miles is going to be either like alongside as one of the main characters or uh, maybe the main character, depending on where they go with it. And I think that kind of, in retrospect, kind of turns it into this Falcon and the Winter Soldier kind of thing, or Captain America and the Winter Soldier kind of thing, where they announced Captain America four, and the dope thing about them announcing Captain America 4 is that we had the Winter Soldier uh, mm. or Falcon and the Winter Soldier to tee that up in a way where we're like, we got the story, we're familiar with Falcon as now Captain America, and now we've accepted it in a way that in the next game, we're all hyped, or in the next movie, we're all hyped to see Falcon. Like so many media. Sam Wilson. I was going to say Sam Wilson. We're excited to see Sam Wilson as Captain America in Captain America 4, whereas to bring it to Spider-Man, and if Spider-Man 2 has both Peter Parker and Miles Morales on the cover side by side, we're going to be hyped for that. Or even if by the time we get to Spider-Man 3 or Spider-Man 2 and a half or whatever they call it, if we get Spar- if we get Miles Morales on the main cover and they're like, hey, this isn't, a, this isn't the spinoff, this is the main game, we will all be hyped and we'll look back at Miles Morales as this thing that's just building up the blocks for what we're eventually going to get and be excited for. Yeah, and I think yeah, that's... I think that just... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, yeah. Like I, For me, it's all about like the cadence and the speed and like the expectation based on the medium and what we've seen historically. Like with the Uncharted example, right? They've had that long history to to have what is mainline. And then so when they zag, it makes sense and it's very clear cut. I think it depends on just where they take Spider-Man as a series for whether or not this ends up making sense or maybe not so much. And I think with like the MCU comparison, sure, we did have that. But like all are saying it as if we only had Endgame and we didn't have all these other movies. Like there again, there was a longer history. I am in on the side stuff on Disney because one, I think they do usually do more interesting stuff falcon winter soldier not so much but i think loki and wandavision were like totally you? surprising <laughs> uh, i dared like anyone who watched that like it wasn't that good like, i would not um that's fine but well, listen they cut out a lot of shit about the pandemic podcast. which really hollowed out the bad guys all right listen, it wasn't yeah, a perfect, like, you know, the bad guys they, deserved better for sure for it sure it felt like 
I mean, well, we're not here to talk about this, but you know, whether no, or not you liked them or not, you didn't. They were they were out there, but it's like we have such a longer history. I think even just from the MCU movies, and for me, like if you're just jumping into Spider-Man, like as these games, and not thinking of like you know the other obviously ancillary like lore that exists with this character. It is very abrupt to go from ma- main line to side immediately. Like it just, it feels like there's not room to breathe in the franchise either. So I'm just wondering where they're going to take it and how they're going to make it feel like it's truly evolving over time. Because so far I haven't seen them really execute on the evolution, which is kind of like Insomniac's main problem anyway, right? They struggle with, I think, making a masterpiece. They can make amazing games uh, and great games, but they don't really hit that next, next level. You don't love Rift Apart, right? Not yet. I'm four hours in. It's still not like, you know, it's great, but it's not that like, you know, y'all had that conversation a a few weeks ago. Right. Will it be like, when will, you know, who's making game of the year for whatever year, like conversation during the, um, you know, time capsule episode. And I totally agreed with that where they struggle to get to that next level that I do think they can get to, but they have yet to do that. So, yeah, anyway. I think to that, the, is very, that is very negatively. I do like Insomniac, but yeah, that's where I'm at. With it's the, it's that weird thing off. where I would say Insomniac is one of my favorite studios, that definitely one of my favorite PlayStation Studio studios. But I also wouldn't say that they make the best PlayStation Studios games. It's that weird thing yeah. where I love their games. I love how their games move. I love their combat. I love how the games play and all that stuff. But critically, it's hard for me to be like, you know, they're out here making the last part twos of the world or even like. I mean, I, I would go mm-hmm. back to their year right like i yeah. yeah this is you know something that everybody saw and you know and then after in 2019 we had that conversation of who was going to get spider-man and it's to what your point is i think that salient blessing is like it i think even if you were to objectively step back right and i know if you go back far enough we'll find fuse or whatever but i'm saying like insomniac mod, modern insomniac doesn't miss right every one of the console games they're putting out are fucking bangers and they're great and they're fun and they're awesome but are they raising the me- in, in in PlayStation Studios? Are they raising the medium to these new heights and yada yada yada? And it's that you go back to I remember at Dice that year when it was you know to wrap up 20, uh, 2018. so twenty nineteen Dice, but for the twenty eighteen games, right? When I got to open the thing, or the other people did, they uh, they opened the thing, and it was Spider Man one best technical achievement or graphics or whatever it was for that year, and like everyone from Insomnia came up because it was the first time they had like won one of the they didn't win a game award right because they were up against fucking uh, Red Dead and God of War like it was right that was Red Dead's year too yeah yes. it was that thing where like it, it, it was it was going back and forth over and over year. those games right and it was like. Yeah, Spider-Man was a great game. I love Spider-Man. Like, for real, love Spider-Man. But, like, God of War 2018 is my my favorite game of all time right now. I think it's the, the most complete masterpiece I've ever played, right? And so you talk about, like, yeah, they are, make great games and they, they're your favorite developer, but are they, are they the top of the pile at PlayStation Studios? No, they haven't shown that yet. But they have the they have the ability to be there. They have the ability to get there. When Insomniac says they're making a new game, I'm like, that's going to be a fucking awesome game. Yeah. But will it be transcendent or whatever? And I know these are such, like farting into the glass smelling them kind of words i'm using to describe video games right but i'm saying like what blessings point is makes sense to me where i like i finished spider-man 2018 and adored it right but i had criticism and stuff miles morales i finished and i had criticism for sure obviously but like again to my point of all the fat and everything being trimmed away spider-man miles morales hit harder for than uh, 2018 spider-man did for me 
Yeah, and and like I feel like it's almost an it very much is an expectations thing where Insomniac isn't out here trying to make God of War twenty eighteen or The Last of Us Part Two. They're out here trying to make Spider Man twenty eighteen and Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart and Spider Man Miles Morales. Like they're out here trying to make games that are fun and that have more of a focus on gameplay rather than transcendent narrative. Did I say that word right? Transcendent <laughs> narrative yeah. and all and all this stuff, right? They're not out they're here trying, trying to make, make awesome world. video games that are fun well, to play. I don't, I don't, not think, only are they doing it, they're doing it consistently has... and quickly. They're like, dang, I think dang, you dang, can dang. make a masterpiece that's gameplay based, though. I don't think their problem is. You know, not necessarily for sure. Insomniac drag hour for some reason, oh. but you know, yeah, I just think they have. <laughs> this is such a weird like pep they... talk where it's like you're a B plus, but we want you to be an A. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean that's 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 where we're at, right? That's like any not anyone can make a great game. That's already super hard to do, but yeah, like I, I don't think the problem is that they're not digging into story like well enough. I think they just have not broken through that yet. That's all it is. I think they are trying to do that. I, I imagine they go out there and they try to make you know what they think is the most phenomenal piece of work they can in the universe that they are creating it in it just so happens that that's often not quite at that next year you know best you know like level mm-hmm. that we're talking about that's all and i i see insomniac is a, is a dev that i feel like i'm pretty hard on when i play their games where like miles miles morales is one where i was like i think it's good i don't think it's ama- as amazing as i even thought spider-man 2018 was i played spider-man 2018 and i was like this is this feels like them reaching new heights. And I played I played Miles Morales and I was like, this feels like more 2018. And even playing Rift Apart, I'm like, yes, like this is an excellent game. But even still, I I I feel where Jan is coming from in terms of like there are games I played for that are pure gameplay, that are even colorful gameplay. Mario Odyssey is probably the best example I can give of, of a game that I'm like, this is a masterpiece right here. And this doesn't have a story that's pushing it. This doesn't have like even technically, it's not the pushing the envelope. Right? But yeah, like I went to the moon, like, and, I enough, right? and I had a fantastic married, time. I don't know. Whereas, um, <laughs> I think Insomniac is that studio that I look at, and I'm like, you make some of my favorite kinds of games. You make a lot of games that I fall in love with for how fun they are to play. But I like I. I think there's that little bit of more. It, it is that like hard, hard love kind of thing where I'm like, there is that little bit of more that they can do that I think would take them up to being on that top tier level. And I think they're almost there. Like I think in the next few Insomniac releases, they will probably be there in I terms think, of what I, I want. My prediction is that the next Spider-Man game they make will be, and I, I and I think it'll be Spider-Man two, right? I think Spider-Man two will be the one that really turns heads in terms of like, holy shit, they're on another level. Because I think you see the hints of them they've refined what refine what they could refine from spider-man one to miles morales but i think spider-man two obviously it'll be a Jump. you assume way different setting i mean they'll still be swinging around doing stuff i assume new york but i think they'll really overhaul that i think the story will actually give them a chance to really break out and tell their own thing which i know you could argue they did a bit with the whole doc uh Oc peter relationship in one and stuff like that and what happens with some of uh, peter's family and friends in it or whatever but i think this will be the like because like for me with spider-man uh, 2018 in a game i truly adore and love like i think about how long it was and just where sections of it drew and like introducing the sinister six was a cool moment of introduction but then it was like, what did we do with them afterwards that was cool? Like, I don't think anything we did with them there, like the fight of uh, fighting uh, Electro and Vulture, right? And yeah. the really annoying fight about, like around the smokestacks. Yeah. That wasn't fun, right? Yeah. But I think back to Miles Morales and I think of, you know, him and Pete at the beginning trying to stop Rhino and shit. And I was like, that was just a fun thing overall that, again, was super cinematic and super cool. And I, so to get them there, to hopefully give them the symbiote, to give them Green Goblin, this is all me talking out my ass about what I think is going to happen to Spider-Man 2. I think that'll be the one that is just fucking 
the yeah. one. And their games are getting more and more refined. I think that's the thing that yeah. I, I mentioned. I think it was Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart where I said this, but that like it is one of the most refined video games I've played in terms of this is what it is. This game is really good at um, at third person shooting. It's really good at uh, its movement. Like the things, like, it's it's really beautiful. It's technically really impressive, and this game moves at a, mile, a million miles per hour. The things that we wanted to hit, we hit all of those things. And for that, like I think it's 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 an excellent game. Um, but I I I see them as more refined games than they are like truly excellent or quote-unquote perfect games even though no, no game is perfect where every for the last three major insomniac releases even i guess four uh if i include ratchet clank 2016 there's always something where i'm like all right you had it you're like on your way to 10 out of 10 and now it's down to a nine you know whether it be spider-man 2018 in the last act with the sinister six or it's miles morales now i feel like the story could have been uh, uh breathed better or expanded more or even if it's ratchet, uh, ratchet and clank rift apart and it's me being like man i wish uh, this game, I guess, went for it more in terms of what it was trying to do with its open settings and all this stuff, right? Like, there's always a thing I point to in Insomniac games where I'm like, oh, man, you almost had it. And I think that by Spider-Man 2, they're going to have it. I think they've taken in so much uh, critique, especially off of 2018 and probably off of Miles Morales as well, that they're going to have the time to breathe. They're going to go for a full full price, like full big budget experience with the next Spider-Man and a hundred dollars. No, I think <laughs> we're raising the price because we know this game is a banger, but I think, I think they're in the place now where they know what they need to do and they're going to, they're going to do it. Speaking of the place insomniac is in blessing at junior. Why don't we mm-hmm. pivot over to PlayStation updates and you tell me about what you've tagged here as one of the biggest pieces of PlayStation news this week. Oh, yeah. Uh, Insomniac, speaking of Insomniac, they're looking for uh, people to work on a multiplayer game. Uh, They tweeted this out on June 24th. Insomniac is hiring. We have five new job openings for a multiplayer project. Come join us and be part of the hashtag PlayStation Studios family as we work on exciting things. They they put up job listings for a creative director, a systems designer for multiplayer who would oversee aspects of multiplayer features, mechanics, system design, and more, uh, a story lead, an art director, and a VFX artist. Coming off of this, you know, we talked about this on KFGD, but the thing we didn't talk about as much as I want to ask you guys is what Insomniac franchise fits best for for multiplayer? Um, You know, we got... Marvel Spider-Man, which we talked all about. Uh, there's Ratchet and Clank, which we've talked about. There's Sunset Overdrive, Resistance. And back in the day, they worked on Spyro, which, of course, is now owned by Activision. So that's probably not going to be the one. But let's dream, right? Let's figure out, like, <laughs> which one of these games, or maybe one I didn't mention, works best for multiplayer. But I guess to back it up a bit, like, what are your thoughts on this multiplayer thing before you even get into it? Fascinating. I love that they're just putting it out there. You know what I mean? Every, we all know how the internet works. You all know that, you know, you, when companies don't try to promote us publicly about this, it'll get found out, it'll get sniffed out. So to put it up on your Twitter and be like, hey, we're hiring for a multiplayer project. Here are the roles we need for it. I think it's a great way to, you know, just be like, this is how, the, you know, how games get made. You have to hire people. You have to do it. And like, we're not trying to hide what we're doing. So let's talk about what it is. Janet? Yeah. I mean, it reads more like they are probably going to add multiplayer or have multiplayer within another like a larger project just from like looking at the listing where it really does emphasize like many aspects of the game including but not limited to multiplayer features now of course you can argue that phrasing is just to account for the fact that the description includes stuff like you know bugs and using all these doing all these other things that like i don't understand because i don't make games i'm like oh you got to know this thing sure of course so you know what what else um but i think as far as like if 
like what kind of franchise would be best for it. I feel like Spider-Man because, you know, one, it could be in that like there's going to be more spinoffs than there are mainline Spider-Man games. But if it was like in that spinoff vein or in that DLC vein, I feel like as much as I didn't like Marvel's Avengers a whole lot, I think the concept is intriguing and fun. And I think it's really enjoyable to like, you know, swing around and like the combat's really good. And it's what's what I really enjoy about like the Spider-Man games so far is that they're that right kind of basic. And by basic, I mean like simple, straightforward, not by like pejorative wise, because basic can be good. It's like, all right, I go to a place, I beat up some people, that's enjoyable. I have some quick time events, I'm swinging around. Like it's, you know, I can hunt for stuff. Sure, it tells me where it is, but you know what? I don't feel like looking for it. I just want to go and I get my little story bid. It's, it's a good time. And I think having that with friends would be super cool. So I feel like that'd be like the best version of that. I don't know if that'd be too competitive within like that same Marvel Avengers space, but I feel like Marvel's Avengers definitely could have been better. Uh, and I think <laughs> yeah. they, they have a chance at, at doing it. <laughs> That's if someone the does understatement that right, of 2020. Um, yeah, if someone could do that right, and I think they could, do, I think they could. So I feel like that would be what I'd be most excited about. I think it's, I mean, I know I, I'm talking out my ass here. This is, I, I think it could be 20 things. I think it's, I think it's one of three things. And so I think if we're talking about Spider-Man, I think it's, yeah, some kind of spinoff, exactly what we're talking about when we're talking about Ghost Tsushima uh, 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 Legends, some, mm-hmm. something to that degree, right? Where it's like, cool, the next Spider-Man is, you know, going to be, you're playing as Peter and Miles or whatever, you're switching off single player through the story, but eventually we're, they give you this, you know, standalone mode or whatever, that is, you know, whatever story you need to go through and play co-op, similar to what Uncharted used to do, right? Mm-hmm. Or... So that's one way I think they could go with it. The other one I think is that it, everybody wants this Sunset Overdrive business. Everybody keeps talking about Sunset Overdrive like they have a, a horse, like like y'all fucking played Sunset Overdrive like when it was on Xbox. I it think was it an could Xbox be that one they, exclusive. Nobody had an Xbox One back exactly, then. Nobody fucking was playing that damn thing. I think it could look at Janet going to look for it. Here she comes. Janet's got to have all the, the goddamn door. props. Yeah. What I'm saying is, it's the fault like, of the cellophane. She's never played it. The point of buying physical, <laughs> so you can flex. Now, did I finish it? We're not here to talk about that. This is the PlayStation show, so yeah, I exactly. finished it, but it's I did It's not Sunset it. Overdrive's fault. It's the Xbox's fault for not selling. Yeah, right there. Day one only on Xbox. There you go. Cool Sunset game. Overdrive, of course, was all about locomotion and this crazy fun world and getting up to shenanigans and being crazy in it. I think if you were to bring back a Sunset Overdrive in 2023. You know, whatever it's going to be. And it was, hey, it's a, it's almost like it's going to be, we are taking Sunset Overdrive and merging it with Crackdown. And there's a bunch of random ass shit for you to run around and do with your friends here. You can play it solo. You can play it up to four players or whatever it's going to be. I think that would make sense. However, however, if I was a betting man, I would think it could be the third one. And I would, I would push my chips towards that and think it's a VR project. I think it's a PlayStation mm. VR 2 uh, thing. We know that Insomniac has the chops. They have made a whole bunch of while while we've all been talking about PlayStation games with from Insomniac forever, right? How many uh, banger VR things have they put out? I pulled it up over here. I'm looking off of Upload VR. Uh, they're talking about Edge of Nowhere, which they gave a nine out of ten. They're talking about the Unspoken, which they gave a nine out of ten. Stormland got a four point out of four out of five. Then I guess we don't talk about what's it was. We don't talk about uh, Feral Rights. I got a five out of ten. Nobody talks about that. But those are all Insomniac games, right? That Insomniac been working on like they know a lot about it and playstation does have playstation vr too and i'm sure they are looking for really cool shit with that and so i could see insomniac trying to take the lessons they've learned uh from doing vr on oculus and bringing it over to playstation and be like cool playstation vr has this tech it's got more in the hood it's got this thing you know there's either insomniac uh in california there's insomniac in north carolina like let's get somebody out there actually working on something because this has always been 
when, oh, there's a great article. Shit, I, I, I tweeted it out and I didn't bring it over. I meant to. Somebody over the weekend did a, or over the, yeah, over the weekend did a Vita piece about the rise and fall of Vita where they were talking a whole bunch of, mm-hmm. they talked to Geo and a whole bunch of different people about it. It was really interesting. But it's echoing the things that I've talked about my entire career with PlayStation, right? And there's one in there. I've just been like, oh, the first parties really didn't care about Vita. So nobody supported it. Nobody did anything, right? Like PlayStation VR, a small install base, yada, yada, yada. Like PlayStation, from what I've been told, uh, doesn't force their studios to work on stuff, right? It is very much if you have an idea for this, if you have a passion for it. Insomniac has a passion for Wait, VR. do you believe that? It's- what? That PlayStation doesn't force their studios to work on stuff? Seeing as how, I mean, I never got a Naughty Dog Vita game, yeah. You know what I mean? I never got a sucker punch Vita game. Yeah, yeah. we got an uncharted Vita game. You know, sure, but I mean, I, 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 I bet Tony Bend at the time was excited to do that. At the okay. time, I bet they were like, "Hey, like, I think you know, Sony Bend and Uncharted: Golden Abyss." And feel free to anytime write in and tell me if I'm wrong, uh, Sony Bend folks. Would have been the idea of like, "Hey, we keep making these awesome siphon filter games on PSP," and. They just aren't selling that much. Like people like them. Greg fucking talks about them all the time. <laughs> Greg really likes them. <laughs> like, what can we do to get us on another level? And hey, why not take Uncharted or you know, literally our uh, crown jewel of a franchise at PlayStation, and do a Vita version of that? Okay, cool. And then it came with all the baggage of you know people comparing it to Naughty Dog and this, that, and the other in their series, blah blah blah. And then it, then you're like, all right, you know what? I want to get out. Oh, and I guess actually Resistance Retribution as well before that too, right? Where they're like, all right, let's get out from underneath someone else's uh, IP and let's make our own thing. Uh, but yeah, I think that Insomniac's passionate about VR for sure. And I bet PlayStation, I, I honestly would think that when PlayStation was buying them, that was a, knowing that they were going to keep being invested in VR. One of those like, okay, cool. This would also work really well too. If yeah, we could get you guys making stuff fit. just for us. Now let me throw out, um, a factor in here. Resistance VR. That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> That's a real good one, bless. Oh, oh, I thought you were going to say the resistance. We like, said oh. on this show, resistance, resistance is dead. Resistance on console okay. is dead. I didn't yeah, say resistance as you know it is dead, Baron. Mm, that's not but what a co op resistance there, shooter. Boys. A co op VR resistance game would be a great way to. Uh, great in quotes. A great way to bring it back. If, as PlayStation, if you wanted to bring back resistance, but you're like, we don't have the bandwidth to do this as a regular like console game, but we want something that's going to sell VR and, or, and get people excited for VR. Having Insomniac back and having them work on a VR resistance game, which would probably sell better than just a random new IP yep. uh, co op or multiplayer game, probably would be the best fit if you're going to have Insomniac do that game. That's actually really good. Yeah, because it would be the answer. You guys, uh, the hardcore have wanted a resistance game. Cool. Insomniac's doing a resistance game. It's going to be on PlayStation VR 2. You have to buy PlayStation VR 2, which the hardcore, you would assume, is already on the fence about doing and being excited about, let alone the fact that you have its resistance. Because it's not like, you know, you're taking, with all due respect to resistance, Call of Duty and saying the next Call of Duty is VR only and pissing off a whole bunch of people. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like it's on to a way lesser degree. It's the Half-Life Alex thing of this yeah. game has been gone for such a long time. We want to bring it back uh, or not even that we want to bring it back. We want something that's going to bring people into VR. What's something that we could bring back to get people excited or, yeah, get a core audience into this thing that they've missed resistance so much. Make them consider buying VR. I think I think that would work. I think that or I think that could work. I think that could be an option. But I think the either way, I think the VR answer is it's the boring answer which probably means it's the right answer <laughs> to this yeah. question in terms of what are they working on um to throw to throw a couple in though i do want to shout out i would love for a multiplayer ratchet game 
um uh to come out you know i loved ratchet deadlocked back in the day and that had some of those elements of being in a, an arena shooter and i think revisiting that in a way that's uh more focused on the multiplayer aspect of it and making it either pvp or pve either way it works um i, th- I think that could be super cool and then when you mentioned spider-man earlier in terms of a the multiplayer Spider-Man game. You mentioned Ghost of Shima Legends, and it made me think of what if I could make my own Spider-Man and go through a bunch of like weird like a Spider-Verse, Spider-verse yeah. And that got me super hyped as I was thinking about that, and so I would love that also. But those are also Dude, the weird, my non-realistic answers. Ah. Hey. Yeah, no, for real. If if Bill Roseman over there at Marvel Games is not talking to, I mean, you hope Insomniac, but I don't know what the actual deals are for, you know, Spider-Man as a IP or whatever, but like talking to someone about like Spider-Verse, I, as a comic book fan in my entire life, I can't believe I live in a world where people understand the multiverse. And so like now that that's out there, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, there should be some kind of action MMO or whatever you want to call it. Multi, you know, just multi, whatever, multi outriders kind of multiplayer game that is. The Spider-Verse is exploding and you make your own f- Spider-Man from, you know, this diff- different head, different chest, different whatever. And then you go through and you have skill trees for the powers you're putting into and what you want to do with your webs and stuff. And then oh put God. it out there to go after all this crap. I don't know. Like that's that Sonic game, but Spider-Man. Sonic Forces, but Spider-Man. Yeah, but good. Yes. But better exactly, than yeah. There's a lot of busts so to that make, part, but make yeah. Make other games that have already existed, but good. Like, what if it's good? No one's thought of it before. <laughs> to go back good. to the Spider-Man right. conversation that we we're having earlier, too. You know, I, I think as, as as PlayStation and as Insomniac, if you're making spinoffs and you want to make them dope ass spinoffs that people identify and they're like, cool, we want to play this, even though it's not a mainline game. Going from Spider-Man 1 to Spider-Man Miles Morales, which is a sexy title for a game. Spider-Man 2. All right, Miles Morales is not part of the core Spider-Man. What's going to be the next spinoff? Spider-Man, Spider-Verse, whatever you call it, right? That's another yeah. sexy title for a game that's a good way to do it if you want to get people in and you could make it multiplayer and people wouldn't people wouldn't uh i think blink twice about it if you if you do position it as something that hey this is the main line we're still making spider-man 3 but this other side thing we're really excited about because it is spider-verse it is you making your own spider-man it is all the things that you want from a spider-man spinoff title i think that would go over super well that'd be insane be super insane um but also like to the to the whole uh spin-off conversation you know like we've never talked about a ratchet and clank spin-off and so like maybe that's the one maybe that's the one it's because we've already lived through so many of them what are you talking about secret agent clank <laughs> ratchet all for yeah, one I, so, I mean the current clank. gen spider-man or not spider-man ratchet and clank spin-off is what i mean that's like okay. uncharted lost legacy ratchet lost legacy yeah, Janet, Janet before, hyping me up before this when she's like, I'm going to talk about Daxter. I'm like, you know what we're talking about, Secret Agent Clank. And the conversation got so far away from Secret Agent Clank. I just let it, it go. There's always the, you know, the second best time is right now. So if you have Secret Agent Clank I mean, Clank well, feelings, we're kind of talking about because, yeah, like make remake a game, but make it good. Secret Agent Clank. There's juice to be okay. had in Secret Agent Clank. It's a great concept of Clank as a secret agent, little tuxedo. The gameplay just wasn't there. So then what would, what would that version modern be? It'd be like another one of the side mini missions, like you're going and you're fixing all these computer viruses i guess oh, god, for an no, entire please. game god no please no you're going that, through oh, yeah. that like portal where it's like there's a bunch of Gina, no you're making bad to... ideas these what are bad games that you're pitching it would be a whole glitch game oh my god watching uh clank move yeah oh this brings this me back. PSP. secret agent clank everybody this is what it was this is what you did man i miss that old yeah. ui <laughs> that old ratchet <laughs> clank ui i forgot how that looked it's crazy yeah like is you know you play them nowadays and like if you don't look back you're like oh yeah like, it's, this is what you remember it looking like because it's got that mm. dna to it 
<laughs> you come through and you look at it like, what the, why is this, why yeah, is this 47 the, out of 31 the, meter off the in the lead up, In the lead up to the release, I don't know if it was like Insomniac or PlayStation or who, but they like posted like, oh, what was your first Ratchet game? And for me, it was like the first one. Uh, and then I looked at like a photo of it. I'm like, I'm going to post like a photo from the game. I'm like, this looks really different than I remembered it looking yeah. at the time. But here's the thing. The first Ratchet and Clank still had personality, which I liked. I played a little bit of it on Vita when I got the collection on Vita. And I was actually surprised by how good the animations still were and how good, like how much personality you had, you know, it still is a PS2 game from 2003 or whatever, whatever year that came out, but has some cool, cool things going for it still. I like that you could use the wrench more. Like, I feel like they really stepped away from like the wrench melee combat. Like you can still mm -hmm. use melee combat, but it's clearly the inferior way to go about combat. And I feel like in those earlier iterations, they, it was a lot more even. Um, so I kind of missed that in the, in the franchise. Yeah. The old games are still worth playing. Blessing, I'm sick of talking about old games. Tell me about some PlayStation picks. What's the new hotness? Oh, let's get you some new hotness. Of course, PlayStation picks is where you highlight a few of the cool looking games coming to PSN this week. In terms of quote unquote big hitters, we got Zombie Ate My Neighbors and Ghoul Patrol. That's coming out on PlayStation 4 on Tuesday, June 29th. Uh, we got Doom Eternal coming to PS5 on Tuesday, June 29th. And then Greedfall coming to PS5 on Wednesday, June 30th. As far as the picks themselves, let's start off with Curved Space, which is coming to PS5 and PS4 on Curved Tuesday, space. June 29th. Curved Space is an intense arcade-style twin-stick shooter that takes the classic formula and plunges it into the weirdest reaches of space. Battle cosmic space invading spiders across curved la landscapes where bullets hug the terrain while the horizon drops uh, sharply out of sight. I love that the gimmick for this game is that you're playing on Curved Space. It's fantastic. You get it? Do you get it? Yeah, because they're in space, but it's also on. They're also on curved space. Oh, I don't These like spiders, spiders are horrifying no, in this yeah. game. Oh, oh my gosh, oh my there's God. so many. Yeah, of them. if you have arachnophobia, so many. this ain't the game for you. This is not the game yeah, for you. Props not. I like that they're I like, like that okay, Housemark a... doesn't want to make Super Stardust HD anymore. We will. We it got has this. a galaxy thing going on with the the way you rotate around the areas. Yeah, yeah. This either looks super fun or super disorienting, and I can't tell which. And so, if you play it, let me know. <laughs> let me know what you think it is. <laughs> let me know if I can play it without getting car sick. This is my yeah. blessing at AOE Junior. Exactly. Uh, we also got Doki Doki Literature Club Plus coming out on PS5 and PS4. Let's go, baby. Uh, this one's coming out on Wednesday, June, June 30th. Uh, welcome to the club. Write poems for your crush and experience the terror of school romance and this critically acclaimed psychological horror story. I absolutely loved Doki Doki Literature Club. I cannot wait to get my hands on Plus to see some of the new content. Uh, and if you haven't played it, I'd recommend it. But also, like, there's some trigger warnings you should go into before you play this game. If you are squeamish or if you get triggered by anything, definitely look those up before you jump into this into this game. Um, but aside from How that, long you, is it, Bless? That's my question. Game. I feel like I rushed through it in like one sitting. I, I rushed through it in like one sitting, so, and I feel like I did it in like four. Okay. Yeah, I guess four to six hours. But again, probably. with like with the new content, like I don't know like what that's gonna add um, to this uh, this new version, you know? Yeah, it definitely took me two sittings, and it, it's one of those games that I think you gotta be patient through. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. you don't have to like visual novels, I think, to get a lot of value out of this game. But it does help if you do like visual novels. Like this is a it is a visual novel game, um, and so go into that go into it knowing that. But it does have a fun spin to it, which is pretty cool. And it looks like in the trailer here, you can go go in and play play some of the music, which is really cool because yeah. the game has excellent music, excellent excellent music in this game, and very cute characters. I've never played. I like I said. I know it's uh, highly recommended, and I know this will be my chance. This is gonna be my yeah. time. 
I believe the original came out in 2017, and if you remember 2017, one of the best years in video game history. And this in this game still found a way to infiltrate my top 10 games of that year. And so that's the highest praise. It was alongside Destiny what? 2 and Wolfenstein: The New Order and Breath of the Wild and Same. Near I think it, it, yeah, I think it was like uh my number 10 for that year. Very yeah, good. it was like my number 10 or 9. I, forget, I, I don't have the list anymore, but it was definitely up there. For it was one of those stuff. games where like, I, I would think about it like months later. Just be like, Jesus. I wish they put this out on the Vita. I know that's a big ass in 2021. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to play this game on the Vita because sitting at my TV for four hours with this game is going to be a lot. I want but... Nick to play this game so fucking bad, and I want him to stream the entire thing. It needs to happen. I think, I think that is happening. I think that's going to be a good time, so stay tuned for that. But that's it for your PlayStation picks. Did it not come to Vita? No, I feel no. I, I, I think that was. I think it was only PC when it came out. Yeah, this is the first time it's coming out, coming to any other platform aside from PC. It yeah. might be coming to Switch. I think it's coming to Switch. Yeah, it's not. It listed, oh, it's uh, a homebrew thing. I'm confused yeah. about. My apologies. Yeah, it is coming to Switch, Joe. You're right. You're right about that. You're right about that. All right. Well, that'll be something I'll be playing soon. But for now, let's talk about what we're playing right now. And what I'd like from both of you is I will give you. Five seconds up front to laugh, all right? But I'd like to talk about Marvel's Avengers. Jesus Christ. <laughs> this guy, get a load of this guy. This guy can't get enough of this bad game. Uh, he even has a, he has a Superman so thing at the, at the back of his screen. And he had to blow her out. Did you see E3 by any chance? I did see E3. Yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> like, no, I, I, when I sat down to interview the people about Guardians of the Galaxy, I thought about the old Superman thing, but I was like, you know what? They're paying me to host, not produce, so I'm not going to mention it. So I just sat down. I did the interview. Great. And then when it went live, you had this huge blur they put across his <laughs> entire part of my screen to hide all my oh, i didn't shit. notice that oh my god I was like if you would have asked me at the time i could have taken it down put up something marvel but no big deal all right so if it's out of your system now i know i talk about avengers all the time and jovial it's senses not but you may continue thank you very much janet what i what, the one thing we usually talk about with avengers is how they fuck something up how they leak somebody's ip address <laughs> all these other things right what i want to talk about instead is uh they dropped the the uh, uh july or june update here that was uh the new villain sector which is the uh, scientist supreme from the game it's called beating the odds and they need to be commended for making an incredibly great villain sector i played it with uh, goldfarb last night and it's honestly the kind of content i've been asking for since launch where it is a uh, the normal thing, obviously, you know, going through, punching a bunch of shit, throwing, throwing my shield around his cap, dressed as endgame cap now, no big deal. Uh, but going through and fighting and doing all that stuff, but having a getting into rooms now and be like, wait, how do we open these things? Wait, we have to break these things. How do we break them? Having new things where we actually have to think and talk. And then the actual fight itself at the end is this deal where uh monica from the game if you remember her the scientist supreme is in the center and then you have to fight all of her clones around you and then every so often she'll lower her shield to do a big attack to you and you it was that thing where goldfarb and i must have failed maybe four times and it was that idea of like what do we it, it felt and i'm using this you know it was uh, whatever 45 minutes of game playing it right so i'm using this loosely but it gave that raid feel of like fuck all right cool well what were you doing that didn't work okay i was doing this okay wait i survived by doing this okay actually having to do that thing where you piece it all together we didn't watch any let's plays we didn't figure anything out and then getting to the end of like she keeps killing us here how do we have to do this well i think we have to pour on damage here yada 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 like there's actually a communication to it it didn't feel like any of the other fights in the game which are immediately afterwards we went and did some of the other stuff for one of the events and it was just like 
all right, there's the abomination or whatever. You just beat the shit out of him over and over again. You know what I mean? This was a thinking. You had to think about it. You had to do it. It had cutscenes uh, in the front and the back in the middle of it of, in terms of like what's going on with the actual narrative and the story. I had a great time with it. I really, really liked it. And then with that reinvigorating us, we did some of the cosmic event stuff that's happening right now, which is, again, what I asked for in my episode of The Blessing Show, which mm-hmm. was you have all these old missions. Just take them and repurpose them for events that give us cool rewards. And it's exactly that where it's replaying old missions, but now the bad guys have co- are imbued with cosmic abilities. So you're going through fighting harder enemies, which is you know giving you new rewards, which is you know now uh, unlocking. The, they have a champion XP system, which is like uh, badass points in Borderlands. So you're on even now as somebody who's you know max level and all that stuff. I have something to earn to make my character stronger to go on and do the whole thing. Uh, you know, I actually started looking. The exotic armors last night i know when i did last week when they did put up their new roadmap that you know includes a uh what a giant or not a giant thing a, a challenging event for next month uh and then obviously black panther in august they had talked about like you know that they understand people want builds they're looking into getting that all set to go for that and stuff so basically what i'm saying is i had a great night with avengers for the first time in a long time as much as i joke around about avengers they actually put in some really great content for it and i'm excited to see if they can keep that up what war for wakanda will be what the omega threat level mission for next week will be and it's that same thing of like you know me and goldfarb had a lot of fun last night and we're excited to go back tonight because to, i got it i got there's a few new little uh mission chains i need to finish to get the piece of armor to do the thing to get over the thing so just wanted to say, now that you've all got out of your system, you can go back to making fun of me. Thank you for giving me my moment to talk about <laughs> Avengers. All right. I'm I'll glad you're having fun with the game that you like. Thank you like you. it, right? You do like yeah. it, genuinely. I do like it. Yeah, I do like it. Okay, well, that's good. Sure? You know, it's it's rare to find games you like. Exactly. Exactly. Blink uh, twice if you need help. Blink twice if the developers <laughs> are on the other <laughs> side of your screen. Listen, listen here, you little We're jerk. I was, saying, I was the one forehead. defending you. I defended your back during the GTA 5 thing when they were all telling you to stop playing it. I said, play what you want. I need you on my side of the argument right now. All right, I need you right no, now. Double mistake. If I can play Marvel's Avengers, I can play GTA Online. I think we're traveling in the wrong direction as a community here today on the show. Let us play our guilty pleasures, damn it. Well, and I then the other thing I started this that, morning. Uh, at store game, so I guess it's okay. Janet, you what's, what's you have a guilty pleasure of a video game? What's your guilty pleasure? Jack and Dexter. Probably that uh, Man of Madon stuff that's going on. That's pretty sure. whack. Not a, that's not a guilty pleasure. We're all we're, all of us I here are going to play Man of Madon. First off, Man of Madon's the old one blessing. All right, you claim oh, yeah, six right. trophies in it. All right, the other one's House of Ashes. Right? You only <laughs> need the six trophies to beat the game. I think. Just saying, just saying what you're just saying. What we're all thinking. I definitely right? beat the game though. I would, I would, honestly, personally, I would put those as guilty pleasures, and, and not in a terrible way. Like I think they're. The, I'm talking about guilty pleasures. To me was sorry. Well, for me, what constitutes like us, like our games, is like guilty or pleasures is the amount of time that we put into them. Because you, I don't know how many okay. hours you got into Avengers, mm. but however, however many hours it is, it's too much. And I've gotten like 500 something hours into GTA Online, it, which w- isn't I, like- GTA Online is good. So I wouldn't it's like, classify I don't know, them as guilty pleasures, but more of like unhealthy In 2021, obsession, GTA Online. obsessions, maybe? Unhealthy yeah. obsessions. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But like 500, anyways, 500 something hours into GTA Online isn't unhealthy. That's like- No, that's very unhealthy. Game came out in 2013. It's very that's unhealthy. like a few hours a day. Maybe. I just want to know why it's on your 2021 release calendar. <laughs> that's like- <laughs> okay, that's fine. But Greg, you were going to say something, right? So oh yeah, I was gonna say I would put dark pe- pictures anthology and not guilty and uh, guilty pleasures like you should be horrified of it. But I think the, the term we're talking about there's like yeah, there's better games to play, but you're getting enjoyment out of them. It's the same way mm-hmm. I think when you watch a 
I, some people would say all horror movies. I would say like a B horror movie, right? Where you're like, sure, there's better horror movies, but I'm enjoying this for a reason. And I think Until Dawn did a great job of giving you that, hey, it's a teen horror movie or maybe, a, you know, young. It's, it, I know you did last summer kind of horror movie kind of vibes. Whereas I think Dark Pictures Anthology so far, and I, I really should only speak for Man of Medan, uh, it slipped a little bit more towards like, okay, this is like a low budget horror movie that isn't that great, but I'll see, I'll go through and then critique every decision people make throughout it. Yep. Jan, what's an online game that you play that makes you ashamed whenever you boot it up? Um, I see. I don't feel. Maybe that's my problem. I don't feel shame as often as I probably should. Uh, mm-hmm. That's probably why my ego is so big. But I don't have anything <laughs> like that. I mean, I, I think I I've put a lot of time in Animal Crossing. I think the most shame I have with Animal Crossing is that I've put so many hours, but my island still looks so ugly. Like sure. you would think it would mm-hmm. look nice, but no. I have I have the hours of someone with a nice island, but the island that <laughs> I have, which is not nice. And then other than that, um, I think Splatoon too is the only thing I've sunk a lot of like online time into. Um, but I don't I don't play a lot of online stuff. I, I I'm more of a single player person, so I I usually like I'm in I'm out and then I'm done. Yeah, 480 in Animal Crossing for hours, uh, at least. Oh, for uh, in the newest one. Yeah. God damn. That's good. Those are some right, good that's really good. Some good that's numbers really good. over there uh jana what have you been playing recently yeah i've been playing chicory uh i'm not gonna lie i am salty that blessing finished it before me because i started before him i told him he should play it and then i feel like i got lapped you know what i mean it's not a competition but it just feels like i'm embarrassed to come here and be like i'm still chapter four or whatever but um i've sunk a lot of hours into that i'm like eight hours in for no reason i remember texting blessing about it yesterday and he's like how how are you farther in this game um and i'm just taking it really slow i'm just i'm painting i'm talking to everybody um what i'm loving about it is that it just lends itself so well to just enjoying it like i think especially when i you know i'm i play games really quickly i'm trying to get to the next thing this is one where i'm like i'm gonna take my time because it's that good that i don't even care that this is not efficient um and i'm really having fun with that and then i'm dipping into scarlet nexus too i want to um i want to get more into that i only played maybe like an hour but I'm enjoying it just from like the I like the shtick of the telekinetic powers. Um, I realized, you know, we all have things that we really like in games. And for me, telekinetic powers or funky abilities that come from your hands of any form are things that I just genuinely enjoy a lot. Like I loved it in Control. I loved it in the small bit of Bioshock I, I played because I still haven't finished that, uh, you know, backlog. But yeah, that's basically what I'm digging into and I'm having a really good time with it. That's now, a very specific you... thing that I, I that you're 100% right on in terms of special abilities that come from your hands. Like, I'm right there yeah. with you. And whenever I'm doing like fucking like fireballs or telekin- tele- telekinesis, I'm always like, this is a great time. This is a great game. Also, Scarlet Nexus has like really, um, to me, like horrific enemy design. Like even just yeah, in that does. kind of opening tutorial area, um, I was just like, this is this is hella scary. <laughs> um, but I'm into it. And I, I think, it, you know, some of the I've been doing a lot of talking to people in that game, too. And like, it's a little bit basic in that regard. You know, it's a lot of like, you know, a citizen number seven says, hey, this is what's going on. But I'm still enjoying doing those little those little pieces. So uh, we'll see how it progresses, because, you know, with the game that long, it could definitely, you know, fall apart later. But uh, I enjoyed that kind of opening section. I'm, I'm excited to play more of it. Blessing, how deep are you in this? In Scarlet Nexus? I'm only yeah. about an hour or so in. I fell off pretty early because the story just wasn't capturing me from the get-go. The cutscenes gotcha. seem to be all, or at least mostly, um, almost like static visual novel-y kind of cutscenes where you hear the voiceover 
over the the cutscenes, but it is a lot of images and just illustrations of what's going on, which I'm not a big fan of. Even though with the thing that Barrett's playing right now, like that's a those are actual cutscene cutscenes, which I've not seen much of so far, so far. So maybe that 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 lets yeah, up. Yeah, I was a bit, about to but... say, I was like, what? Like, are you playing a different version of the game or something? Because it feels yeah, like I don't there's know. a lot of actual cutscenes. I've not seen any shit like this happen so far <laughs> in the game. But um, a little bit of it, but I do get what you're saying. It is it is very visual novelly. But I think they add a, yeah. a couple dimensions with the boxes that help. I know that sounds very basic, but like when it comes to visual novels, a little bit goes a long way, and I mm-hmm. think they have enough to pull it off. But I get what you're saying. But yeah, and I've also heard I've pretty much everybody who I've talked to about this game has seemed to have uh seems to feel that the story just isn't it. Like it's not it's not interesting, the characters aren't as interesting, and I'm getting that within the first hour, but the thing that I liked playing it was the combat. And the more I talk to people, like my roommate, Michael Hyam, is obsessed with it right now. And the thing that he told me was like, uh, he's never played a game with such a gap between the quality of how good the combat is and how bad the story is. And he's obsessed with the combat. He keeps talking about it. And I'm like, dude, should I go back to it and just skip the cutscenes and just, and just do the gameplay? And he's like, yeah, dude, if you want to play it like that, play it like that. And so that's enticed me a little bit. But Going back to my um, super fun games schedule calendar of 2021. Who's going to find the time? Who's going to find the time? You also been playing that there, Chickory. You beat it. But here's the thing is we don't want to talk too much about it because mm-hmm. I started playing it. Janet's playing it. I'm, we'll see if I can beat it and lap Janet on that too. But the idea, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. of course, <laughs> is that here in the United States next week, it's 4th of July. Uh, and so we will be taking Monday off of work, which usually wouldn't affect you for a Tuesday episode of PS I Love You, right? But we have to record it sometime. So we're actually recording it on Friday. And so I want to save that and make it a, a review because I think we're all pretty high on the game. We can talk about it there. And then any news that may or may not break throughout the week in PlayStation oh, yeah. land. So the, beyond, the, the, well, Chickory, first off, thumbs up, thumbs down. Should people play it for oh, Friday? Oh, thumbs up big thumbs up i'll say anybody and everybody should go check out chicory it is a it is a, a an amazing game like it is incredible um but the thing i'll say about me me lapping janet is in the game is that i mainlined it for the most part like i did i did some painting I actually did a lot of painting but i wasn't as detailed in my paintings and so janet would send me screenshots of her game and i'm like Ridiculous. you have you have actual designs going on over here like you are painting star patterns you're like you're doing patterns which is the thing that i never did i was just filling in colors you're, you're just holding down l2 right and just going boom, yep. orange fine next room do that with exactly. the patterns like when you get the little brush type so it's the same amount of work it's just like a, just just use the d-pad yeah, but I'm not. Don't I give many outs. You're better than them. All right. That's I talked to. No, yeah, you are. Like no, you better, 1,000% yeah. are. Uh, but I talked to. I talked to characters, but I didn't like try to talk to every single character. And hey, so man, I, you're for the a most wielder. Part, like I can't wait to talk about this on Friday. I'm so excited. yeah. I'm I'm excited for the conversation, but um because yeah, I I, I really dig it. But I I mainlined it for the most part. Even then, it took me about ten hours uh to beat. And so like it's a it's a bit of a longer game for the kind of game that it is. But I I, I would say it's worth playing through because. You know, it's up there in terms of the, I would say, the memorable indie games I've played over the last, you know, decade or so. I guess over the like the 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 timeline of big indie titles, Chikory sure. I put up there is like one that I played, and I'm, uh, I put up there as like one of the the better ones I played, and so. Yeah, I'm only you know a chapter and a half in. I'm having a great time though. I, I'm excited to see how it uh, keeps going. But beyond Chikory, what have you been playing, Bless? Uh, what have I been playing? I've been playing a lot of Guilty Year. Um, mm. I think I talked about this a little bit last week. But um, I've been doing a lot of the ranked system, and the way that the game does it is it's floor by floor. And so you start off at a lower floor, and then the more games you win, it'll um, uh, put you up to a higher floor. And so, like, I believe the highest floor you can get to 
Oh, I forget exactly exactly which one it is, but it's either floor 11 or 12, and it's a floor called Heaven, essentially. And if you want to stay at Heaven, what you have to do is you have to win a certain amount of matches in a row. Otherwise, it kicks you back down to the previous floor. And that's like okay. where the that's where the best of the best are. And I right now I'm at floor eight. Um, I, like last week this time, I think I was at like floor six or so. But I've been it's been that fun thing of getting better and better as I play. Uh, this Guilty Gear is my first Guilty Gear game. And so uh, I bought it, I want to say Sunday last week. And so I've had it for a little bit over a week. And I've I've felt myself getting better at the game, and it's been that fun thing of I think last week I talked about how beginner friendly it is, and now that I'm a week in, it's super cool to see that the game just continues to have more and more depth uh, as I play it, which is great for any final game. Like every final game should feel that way, but you know, for for me as somebody who historically I really like fighting games and 2d fighters are the ones that I usually have the most trouble with but coming off of Dragon Ball fighters uh jumping into this game has been such a fun experience of not feeling like it's too technical or I have to be too frame perfect or I have to know all the different combos and the different mix-ups and all that stuff I'm going in with just my regular knowledge like regular fighting game knowledge and adapting it to this game and it's working super well in a way that's really fun and yeah I'm having an absolute blast with it now the question. The, I have a follow up question. You got this on the behest of a viewer from Games Daily who wanted to challenge you uh, mm-hmm. uh, in this Coward. game, and so have. Uh, do we have any follow ups on that blessing? I've not. I've not challenged wow. that viewer Fucking yet. Coward. Yeah. I. I mean, I Coward. am. I am. I for the first few days of me playing this game, I was not playing against anybody who i knew because i didn't i wanted i wanted to get my reps in i wanted to train myself up before i did that and then a few days ago i did do a a fight night type thing on my um on my twitch channel with a few people uh in the games media side of the industry and so was, mitchell saltzman was there uh oh, did he kick do you like absolutely obliterate i forget if he did the, the, the crazy thing about guilty gear is that like there are people in there that I'll consider like dope ass fighting game players. Like my friend Keylock was in there, and Keylock is maybe the best fighting game player I know. Uh, my friend DJ Chris was in there. DJ Chris is phenomenal at fighting games. There are quite a few people in there that are super dope fighting game players, and even them, I felt like I was able to hold my own. Like I was still losing most of the time, but there were a few of those matches that I was winning. And Guilty Gear, I don't know if it's the game or I don't know if it's just the way I was playing, but it seems to be. Um, I guess like open enough to where it never feels like you're getting steamrolled. Like nobody there, I never felt like anybody there was absolutely steamrolling me. Keylock for the most part was, but there would be one or two rounds in there that that I would uh, 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 get him down, and I'd be like, "Oh snap! All right, like it's possible for me to 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 at least win a round against this guy who I consider to be fucking phenomenal, like way better than I am at fighting games." Um, and so yeah, to follow up though, I do. I am gonna play the person who wrote in on on KFGD. I still gotta add him on PlayStation. Uh, I forget if it was. It might have been Ali. It might have been somebody else. I forget who. But I'm gonna find them. I'm gonna face them, and they are going to have to go against my Ramlethal Valentine, who is refined. I am refined with that <laughs> character. And so come face me. Come face me. My mid range is fantastic. Damn, it's pretty confident. You know what I mean. It is what it is, man. That's what that's that's the kind of attitude you have to have when it comes to Guilty Gear. I can't it just, it's one of those things skill. where, you know, it seems like a false sense of confidence because you're in here and I'm like, did Mitchell, did Mitchell Saltzman stomp I mean, you? And you're like, I can't remember, but I DM'd him while you were talking and I yeah. said, did you stomp Blessed Guilty Gear? And he says, I mean, here's what I'll say. <laughs> Damn. Greg, I what like 100 you... hours of that game and he took a game off me, which is pretty dang good. All right. All right. Okay. Okay. Greg, you seem to know a lot about having a false sense of confidence, right? Yeah, that's true. 
It seems like you know a about ratchet trophies. It seems, you know, it seems like you know a lot about talking shit in a video game. I stomped right after. There was a lot of yapping and not a lot of happening. With uh, one Mario Golf. Uh, I'll say the same thing I've said from day one. You know, people were talking to me about that Mario Golf thing. What went down? Like, in my chat when I was streaming, they're like, did you see what happened? Oh, I, Janet. Like, I don't know what y'all are talking about. Greg went down. <laughs> That's what went down. Greg. Oh, two strokes. I lost to Andy, all right? Yeah. And I mean, you know why? It's because I'll tell lost. you why. Andy beat me. Don't get me wrong. Andy yeah. beat me in Mario Golf, everybody. By two strokes, Andy beat me. And I, I, had a, I probably did have a false sense of confidence because, as everyone knows, I'm better at Andy than everybody's golf. Those Let's Plays are up on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. That's a real golf game on a real console, the PlayStation. All right? So I came in, of course. I'm out here using complicated machinery, PlayStations, playing over here. A real game with strategy. Uh, everybody's golf. It's something you have to think about. I came in, and it's Goo Goo Gaga, this baby's toy. Andy's able to beat me because it's just like I'm, Mario Party, Janet. You played Mario Party. Anything can happen. It doesn't matter. I'm just saying, like you had, you had like what a week or two with the game before Andy even got it. When you guys started playing, Andy had that game for a total of like six hours. So like, I'm just saying, Greg. But I'm just saying right now, you could bring in the Tiddlywinks right now and tell me how to play Tiddlywinks. I could beat you. I could lose to you. That's how it works. It's a baby's game. Barry, what's your question about Ratchet Trophies? Uh, so I, I finally got back into Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart last night because I was trying oh, yeah. to beat it before I went home for Cleveland for a week. Uh, was not able to do that and then took a week off and then was trying to come back hard last night. Uh, got to the like right before the point of no return essentially in the story. And I'm using this time to kind of like wrap some uh, trophy stuff up uh, to, to work towards the platinum. I know there's I think I have like three trophies left behind uh, besides mm-hmm. the platinum trophy. So uh, one of them is like the, the last story uh, mission. The other one is uh, buy all all of the guns, which I know there's like a two or three maybe in there's the uh, yeah, challenge go, mode that you have to unlock yeah. there. Uh, and then the third one that I have is return policy, which is kill 10 enemies by returning shots with the void reactor. I have sure. barely used the void shield, which uh, I think is what it starts out as. And then once you yep. upgrade it later, uh, it becomes the void reactor. So like I'm on like level two with the, uh, the void shield. And I'm just wondering, cause like I'm at the point where like, even when I go to other planets, because I went through the story side of them there's not a lot of enemies to fight and so like i started the grind of just going to um uh the the fight arena and just like using that to grind out the 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 void shield to turn it into the reactor is that the best way to be doing it um and then like also like i'm kind of low on crystals and i feel like i also need crystals to be able to like fully upgrade it to the void reactor i, I don't know how that works so i'm just i'm just wondering where yeah, i'm, I'm rusty like, what i did i did yeah. the exact thing you're talking about though i went to the room and i just went over and over again to use it to level it up because okay. i think it's the final level gives you the ability to cash and reflect back yeah the okay. And okay so it's not if you can then use your points like you're saying when you go to miss zircon to, to make upgrade it, it to catch more shots to yeah, do more okay, damage okay. and shit like that which if you have the means i would recommend doing just make sure it's, you're doing it as efficiently as possible but yeah you're on you're on the right course Okay. Yeah, I will say that trophy was a bitch for me. I, I hated getting that trophy because when I no started when I started grinding it, it I, I like I was thinking my house like I guarantee this is the part where blessing started to like turn on this game. <laughs> that was, yeah, that was the part where I started breaking down and I was like I fucking can't stand this. I want to put this down now. Where I not- I just wasn't well. I had, I had to beat I had to beat you in the trophy race. Um, <laughs> otherwise, I probably would have honestly. But I, that was one that I wish. 
I wish I had read the trophies before I even started the game and uh, kept track of certain things like that. Because if I was trying to get that trophy as I was playing through the main campaign, it probably yeah, would have been, been a little a more bitch. natural. But I, I just wasn't using the void reactor in that yep. way, just because I didn't think the gun, I didn't like the gun. Yeah, I don't that like much. I, I don't like the base version of it. Maybe, I'll, maybe I'll change my tune like once I get the void reactor and I can like yeah. actually like uh, re- uh, reflect. Uh, uh, bullets or whatever, um, or catch uh, ammo or whatever, uh, however the fuck it works. Uh, but like as its base version, like I would, like I'm, I'm cycling through like every other weapon besides that one. So like uh, now that yeah. I actually have to take the a moment that, and the, and do all that is uh, a the thing that sucks but. about it is that I like the idea of the guns so much. I think it is whoever cool came idea. up with the design for it and like the idea for it, you know, ten out of ten. It's just the execution on it where I'm like, this just isn't as useful as, as I want it to be. Yeah. And it took me so many rounds of the arena mode to actually get that trophy and again it doesn't track and so you just have to like hope that you're doing it the right way and i assume for me i probably wasn't doing it the right way a lot of the time it took me opening up a vi- it took me opening up a youtube video and watching somebody get the trophy and uh, to like I see how you- to like best utilize it and stuff like that yeah to like see like okay what am i doing wrong here mm-hmm. and i think and i didn't get a clear answer i think what it is is that you have to wait until you fill that thing up with the bullets which i think takes about five or six shots Hits into it and yeah. then release it okay because that's when that's when i finally popped it but when, no, when i, I was it doing one it one. Oh, okay. you did one by one okay then i yeah, had yeah, no yeah, idea I, when i because it doesn't it. track which sucks because i kept going to it expecting it to be like one out of ten two out of ten it didn't do and i thought i had zero so i, I thought i was doing it wrong for the longest time but i eventually didn't even use the battle rooms because they weren't giving me enemies to shot shit i went to one of the planets where early on you get a couple flying dudes at you mm. and so i would just catch it cat wait catch their thing shoot the one back at them see that it hit shoot one back at him over and over again to mm. finally knock it out that might be a better way to do it because i the thing that i kept running into also in the battle room was that i guess i would also kill people with my shield as opposed yeah to if you're too close to them you shield. set it off it blasts them and kills them too yeah and in the battle room there's, there's not that much room to get super far away from people and do it accurately because there's so many people and you're trying to, to live while mm. doing this trophy thing trying so to it live. wasn't as trying to live it wasn't as um efficient all right. Well, we'll see if I burn out uh, as quickly as Blessing did on this one. You got this, Barrett. All yeah. right, I believe yeah. in you. I'm it took on level me only two. when I did when I started doing it. It only did take me like an hour, but it was All just right. a long ass hour. It was All a right. long frustrating. That's, hour. that's not too bad. I was gonna. I was. I was thinking it's like it's, it was gonna take me. It felt like it took a while for me to even level up to level two last night. So that was like the thing that I was concerned about. Of like, what, what's the actual man hours that I'm gonna be putting into this? So if it's if it's not that long, then it shouldn't be too bad. And then yeah, and then I, all I have to do is beat the game, and then. Pretty much restart no it and buy uh, the last two weapons. Bing, bang, boom. Got the platinum. Oh, yeah. nice. Then I'll, I'll officially have more platinums than uh, Blessing again. Because you tied it up. Wait, will you? You tied it up. I, mean, I, I, was, ahead, I was ahead of you for the longest time. And then you got to 12 platinums. And I was like, oh shit, we have the same amount of platinum. So. But I have more I have more than 12 platinums now, I think, right? I got like 14. You have 13 according to PSN profiles. But that's without oh, me. Uh, oh, okay. So you, you surpassed me. You surpassed me. Yeah, because I got three in the last okay. month. Baird, buy the head-to-head games. You can get platinum okay. real quick. Don't worry about it. Greg, uh, are we still on the same level? We're still on silver tier? So we're like the same? Yeah, I think all of us trophy. here are silver. Uh, yeah, we're all silver. That's pretty we're cool, all like, pretty even That's in pretty terms cool. of our trophies. Yeah. I think I'm behind because I don't have that many platinums. Oh, you should check. You might be silver too. Yeah, and then we'd all be sure. the same level. Same as Greg. Yeah. Because I, I think I'm silver off of a lot of my gold trophies as well. I plan to get yeah. like I'm, I think I'm gonna platinum chicory, and I plan to platinum Jack and Daxter later in the year, the anniversary. Ladies and gentlemen, hey, 
is there an anniversary version of Jack or are you just saying for the anniversary? Just for the anniversary. Like it's my own. It's how oh, I'm damn. choosing to celebrate the holiday. You know, I don't know how y'all are going to celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> we all, we all celebrate in our own ways. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not pushing it on you. I don't know how you'll celebrate the holiday, but it's there for you. If you want it. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been PS. I love you. XOXO. Remember each and every week we come together to talk about all things. We love about playstations, all the things they're screwing up, all the things we change about PlayStation. It's your PlayStation podcast. If you like that, you can be part of it over at patreon.com slash kind of funny games with your questions, comments, concerns, and everything under the shoe. Hey son. Of course, then you could be watching it live as we record it. You could get it ad free. You could get it with the exclusive post show. We're about to do on patreon.com slash kind of funny games. But if you have no bucks to toss our way, it's no big deal. You can get us on youtube.com slash kind of funny games, roosterteeth.com podcast services each and every Tuesday, 6 a.m. It's got ads. It doesn't have the post show. It's not live, but it's still a damn fine show. Janet, where can people keep up with you as our newest member? Or you can follow me on social media, Twitch, everywhere under the handle Game Onesis. That's game O-N-Y-S-U-S. And what, what's your what's your PSN profile? You put that out there. Is that something you hot? You, what do you put on? Uh, yeah, it's Jan G ninety four. Uh, if you add me, I won't accept you, but you can look at whatever you want. If Even it's me? Open. Uh, I think I already have. No, I don't have you. I'll accept you, so I can send like pertinent clips of things. That's what I do with blessing. I'll send them like FIFA L's. I think. I, I love that Janet is the only person I know who actually uses the messaging function on the PlayStation. Yes. We're all just gonna random message from Janet. It's a screenshot of FIFA, and I'm like, good for you, Janet. <laughs> I'm glad to be on this. Here I thought this was a place to connect with friends. <laughs> Am I the only one doing this? It's so awkward. You're the only one I, on my friends list, but I don't mind it. I actually love it because it, yeah, it, like, it's like it makes a, it's me like excited. A, its own little, its own little thing. Yeah, for me, I, like it's like when I need to put up an image on Twitter, but I want to write the tweet outside of it. I just message all my screenshots and videos to Jen. So like, there's just a PSN thing that's just all these images and videos to her with no response ever. That's what I started doing to Janet during a trophy race. Whenever I'll get a new platinum, I'll send Janet the picture mainly so I could save it off my phone. But as a double, you know, I could get to rub. I actually it in saw face. him get the last platinum while I was live. It was like so embarrassing. I'm like, oh nope, never mind, y'all. We're not gonna <laughs> well, do the next thirty hours. Do that. All right, Janet, I'm sending you my friend request right now. Janet, Ladies and gentlemen. Back. You can uh, change your tro- you can change your uh, PlayStation settings so that you can only be added by friends of friends. Oh, I do have that part there. Okay, but that's what Let's I mean. See, if you're listening, you're you're probably not a friend of a friend, but maybe you are. I don't know. Try it and see what happens. Ladies and gentlemen, everybody, message Janet G ninety four on PlayStation and see what happens. Until then, we got a post show to do, so it's been our pleasure to serve you. <laughs>